If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. From Los Angeles, California, this is L.A. A.F. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're back here for part two of our um, our interview with uh, Greg Bradley and Lee Anthony Smith. Um, and uh, I'm just going to pause that right there. Um, we uh, were talking about all kinds of things in the previous half. Uh, we're going to release this. Basically, it's a little two-episode um, show. Um, and uh, you guys can just listen to it whenever you want. Um, already talking about having uh, Lee and Greg back in, uh, you know, maybe one-on-one. We'll talk about some, you know, we'll go three hours on post sometime. We'll go three hours on WatchCat one time. <laughs> These are my dreams for the future. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> Uh, so what I wanted to do, though, uh, was introduce you guys out there to the, you know, the Facebook page and all the materials. Like I said, it was really uh, what these guys had put together so far that got me really interested in this project in the in the beginning. And uh, I just wanted to, I want to play you guys a little bit of our trailer. No, it's not going to do this. It's going to buffer on me. I should have got a sound file from you guys. <laughs> um, but uh, but check out uh, where, um, our Facebook page is uh, Noir the Film. So just go over there, and uh, the like we've been talking about, the film shot in black and white. Um, that's an interesting technical question, to tell you the truth, and to provide our first digression of the second half. Um, when you shoot black and white, are you is your original picture in black and white? Or, uh, uh, no, no, we shot we shot in color. I mean, there is an option that we could go color if we wanted to, I guess. Uh, uh, and uh, once again, now this is when you talk to your colorist and people like that. I mean, the the studio that we work at, is, uh, Quest Pacifica. Uh, you know, we have a colorist there that's brilliant. His name is Zach, and you know, I sat down with him and I asked him. I said, "Well, what would be best? Would we be better off to shoot it in black and white or shoot a color and have you do it?" And uh, pretty much across the board, he said, "Yeah." He goes, it, "Give yourself the option, you know, just in case, right. just in case, you know, not yeah. that we're." It, we have any intention whatsoever to release a color version? Absolutely not. Yeah, we unless, unless there's a lot, a lot of money involved. <laughs> but you know, uh, 
But what if? But, but what, what if? if yeah, yeah. What you want to leave that bow tie red for some <laughs> crazy well, reason exactly. in the middle of it? And and in fact, there is a couple of color segments in the movie. Oh, really? Get, yeah. Not. The, I mean, the, the movie, not not to give anything you away. Seen it, not but. to give anything away. <laughs> there is, but there is a couple of color yeah. segments in there. And yeah, I mean, it, it's great that we were able to uh, do it in color and go to black and white. But I mean, yeah, when we shot it. Uh, the intention was always to have it in black and white. Yeah. In fact, I mean, you know, costuming wise and things, which saved us so much money and so much time because there was a lot of, you know, we had no money when we, when we make this film. So we had no money for costumes and everything. So we were really, you know, counting on our uh, talent for a lot of the, the uh, costuming and things like that. And sometimes they would come in with stuff that maybe did not match, but the look of it did yeah you know so it's like okay well it's going to be black and white anyways nobody cares right right? and i mean if we go color you know you can do some amazing things in color where you can actually change the color of clothing and things like that as well so it's just a little bit more technical but you can do it also the black and whites a lot of times hide a lot of mistakes yeah well noir as a genre um in terms of let me i'm sorry um let me ask a question yeah is noir a genre is it a genre or Ooh. style? Because that's been a big debate for a lot of film noir. Spe- I found um, I experts. found the film school professors that I learned from to be wrong about mostly everything, mm-hmm. but they called it a genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I personally so, think it is, but I mean that's just me because, right. um, you know, which is interesting because even all the movies that's been made since what you would call the film noir genre age, you know, mm-hmm. from the 40s and the late 50s. Really, any crime movie, and even to a certain extent, a lot of your superhero movies, but anything with action even oriented and heavy dramas, they still borrow from the film noir. I mean, they're in color. That's about the only thing you can say. So, you know, technically they got they went color, but they're still working with those same, you know, elements yeah. that, that we did in noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think now we've got a lot more happy endings, perhaps, than... Than they did back in the day, but uh, well, it is funny because you do have dramas, you do have. I mean, in the 30s, you had the gangster films. I wouldn't necessarily say the gangster films were noir, but I think in the 40s, when they started to um, use German expressionism um, and com- and combine those with those um, hard-boiled novels, then. And the lighting and, style. Well, because that's where German expressionism right. came from. It was a lot, and it was a money thing, right? Because the, the lighting and things was a lot well, cheaper. Well, part of it was a lot of it was the money thing because everything was cheaper, and it was easy to take do to shoot a long shot of people talking. But if you had something interesting on the walls, yes. which is shadows, then it was a lot better than an empty wall. When Germany did it, they did it because they were you know, because of World War One, and everybody was depressed. And they wanted to find a way to show how they were really internally feeling. So they started coming up with these elaborate lighting schemes and stuff like that. So the so it became kind of a, a genre when we started to root for the bad guys. When you start to realize everybody was bent and everybody was crooked. Yeah. And, and the anti-hero. And the when, anti-hero yeah. came about. and well, was that whole disillusionment after the war, too. And a lot of people think, you know, because we won the war, it was awesome and everything like that. But when they came back, I think they were a little, you know, demoralized and things like that. And they realized that, well... These no, broken guys. Yeah, they're broken yeah. dudes. Oh, yeah. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Hence, no more happy endings. Mm-hmm. And then it became more of 
for the first time, we empathize with the bad guys. Well, and previous to that, it had been these cowboy heroes, you know, yeah. cowboy yeah. heroes. And now, the, you know, and which uh, culminates in like, uh, you know, the Dark Knight type of thing mm-hmm. is when you start having those anti-heroes, you know, like yeah. there's a little bit more bad in those. And I think that's, like you said, directly because of warfare. You oh, know? yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Because of so many people sharing such a common experience having been in warfare. Mm-hmm. You know, even mm-hmm. as civilians, just having, you know, as a country coming out of that, you know, uh, uh, and and everybody to make was sense touched. of it. Yeah, everybody was touched by it. If, if you if you weren't in the war, you knew someone that was in you the war. You had lost someone yeah, you lost or your somebody, next door neighbor at least. Know? And there was such a camaraderie uh, of even people from back home. You know, back then, you know, they were, you know, if you weren't in the service, you were building you were bearing, you, you, you were building aircraft or, or jeeps and things, but you know, women, for though, the... In a know. lot of ways, yeah. the, a lot yeah. of women's roles in films got better and better because they got a chance they to were play yeah. um, very strong femme fatales. Yeah. Very strong women. And, and that usually came from the fact that while the work. men were gone, the women had to take over. They and had to work. They had yeah. to be head of the household now, and, and they had to mm-hmm. go out, and they had to work, and they had to earn a living, and they realized that, oh, I can be self-sufficient. Yeah. And that scared the shit out of the guys. Yeah. And it usually does. And I, I think mean, Hollywood whenever, capitalized on that, yeah. and you got a lot of very strong um, film, noir, uh, film noir women, film for tough. It's just got dark in the room. It's so funny. We're talking about, you know, film noir is Darkness. supposed to be like black film, fr- yeah. French, and yeah. it just got dark in here. <laughs> I think that's a good omen, <laughs> honestly. Anyway, yeah. continue. I, I, I like mood lighting. I mean, <laughs> I purposefully le- left it dark in here. Mm-hmm. It's more romantic that way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I, I I'm feeling the love, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess I was, I was curious about the idea of genre and if it's a genre. I guess it is to some degree, but in a lot of ways you can also use it in Westerns. It could be a Western film noir. Mm-hmm. It could be um, even a futuristic, like in Blade Runner, film noir and stuff. So film noir itself, the subject matter could be infused with other movies other movie genres. So maybe it's a genre. Romantic and, comedy, and maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So you it know? could be a genre within a genre. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's something, yeah. food for thought. Well, I, I, I think that, uh, I think more movies would be more interesting if they kind of borrowed more from the film noir, you know, genre. I think a lot of the, I think we could see that a lot in the crime movies. We, I mean, Heat. Mm-hmm. Heat, I think, uh, is a, a is, is a total noir well, film. Well, now, you yeah. know, I guess after the, in the 50s, the neo-noir yeah. is anything after probably 19... If it's in 50, color, 60, it's neo-noir, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but no, Heat, Blade Runner, um, they knew, I mean, um, um, The Dark Knight, a lot of those movies the are the only It relies heavily on the idea of you know, good and evil doesn't really exist. It's all gray. It's all everybody is somewhat corrupt. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that more interesting? Oh yeah. Between, you know. Yeah. If you are not able, if you're not able the whole time to, my favorite example of this is the wire. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think they did something that is probably the most risky thing I've ever seen in television, which is. They took a whole season, pretty much, right. and made the main character the bad guy. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, 
in this weird way where he was still the main character and mm -hmm. where you were still like, um, you know, mostly tracking with him. But at the same time, he's the most despicable during that season. Right. I forget which season it is, but during that season, he's the most despicable character in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And 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 you are investing more. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. season because you're like, oh, where does it go from here? What is this yeah. guy gonna mm -hmm. do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. And uh, I mean, that's directly from you know from oh. noir, you know, and from well, that. You darkness. see it in Breaking Bad, you know, even the Sopranos to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, so no, you see it, you see that, but, and that makes much more interesting stories. I think, but definitely Breaking Bad because what's interesting about that is um, it it so heavily relies on the noir um, motif by introducing you a character immediately sympathizing with the Walter White character because he has cancer, and then all of a sudden, how he's going to leave, you know, what's going to happen to his family. So the idea of selling meth forced, forced him to do something terrible. Him exa exactly. Yeah. But then we justified it, even to the point where he went beyond that, and we're still justifying it. I think we have light and dark inside of us where, where we root... Because I think... Film, it's such an emotional journey, and it does allow us to wear different shoes and kind of convey different sides of our psyche. Um, and I think through characters like Walter White, like Tony Soprano, and even an, another great one is Better Call Saul. Have you been watching? You guys? Been yeah, I've not watched that show Better actually, Call but Saul I hear nothing but good things. Awesome! It is a grower, not a shower, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> in the very best way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because it really you you it, it it does a great job of having you fit into these characters yeah. and their mindset and their desperation, and we can all recognize desperation, failure, wanting something better in our lives and to be able to not get it. We get so close and not because we've been either playing by the rules or the American dream was just an illusion to begin with. So when you see characters, almost like a Scarface, for example, a Tony Montana comes in and makes um, something out of nothing. And somehow you respect that guy. Yeah. He may turn around and kill you, but he's got balls. Yeah. And I think that's a part of ourselves that frees that side of us. Yeah, and interesting trumps bad. You know, like yeah. you could be yeah. bad, yeah. but if you're interesting, I'm gonna continue. Yeah. Or, to watch or even you. motivated. You know, you can be a bad guy, but at least if you're motivated or, and you understand why the guy's being bad, then yeah. you're kind of like, okay. I don't like what he's doing, but or I kind of understand just, yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, you know? or you can just, like Chinatown, you can just see that there is something being unraveled, and therefore you're going to give this guy a chance. Like, mm -hmm. each time he does something terrible, each time he does something that you think is probably morally not the right thing to do, you're like, but except... Well, except what's he trying to get at? So yeah, I, yeah. I got to give it a You know what it is? It's almost like it's like it's like his immoral uh, actions trump the really immoral okay, actions can we, can of the we, other guy. Can we stop saying Trump, guys? Uh, just, yeah, I know, right? just for me. That's all. all right. But no, it's, it's just the fact that uh, you know whatever his immoral actions are are nothing compared to what the immoral actions of the bad guy is. Right. Well, you know, but but see, you know. as a as a storyteller. If you, particularly a, a noir storyteller, if you can create a world where everybody's bad, mm -hmm. everybody's degrees, bad, yeah. right. then all of a sudden you can get the least of the bad guys. Right. Because the <laughs> other guys are even worse. I go back to like John Carpenter's um, Escape from New York. And you could even say that that has a little neo-noir because the, the protagonist 
is is literally an anti-hero. He's a criminal. Yeah. That they were going to send into New York. I mean, because he robbed a bank. I love that you're mentioning this movie because I watched this movie for the very first time, like a month and a half ago. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's great. Awesome. It's, never, it's epic. It, it's, it's it so is. Awesome. And what was he, but what's really novel about it is the fact that the character, after going through the journey. Doesn't change. No, nope. he doesn't no. give a <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. He only he cares tears up the tape himself. at the end, and he's yeah. like, "Fuck the world." Well, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't give care. A shit. And he, he, but you root for him because, yeah, that's cool. You yeah, know? Well, because he there's a side. There's a well, in side a way, that, he's doing the right thing. Well, he's in doing way, it because he because yeah. he's forced to do it because they put a capsule that's gonna blow that's gonna blow his head off. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's gonna <laughs> die, so he has no choice to do it. But what a great construction to kind of create a, an anti-hero that doesn't have that force change. So mm-hmm. even when he does do the job, he still fucks up the world by destroying the tape. Yeah. And not giving a damn. And yeah. I think there is a part of us that wants to free ourselves of the constraint of doing the right the thing all the time. Doing the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, oh, no, we got to be PC mm-hmm. kind of deal. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of that in... Uh, there's a lot of that in like political thought, I mm-hmm. think too, you know, and um, <clears throat> where, you know, where, where like people are sort of like waking up and going, hey, we got to fight fire with fire, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. You have like groups like Antifa kind of out there, you know, and mm-hmm. they're like, uh, you know, kind like they're by any means necessary people. And while I don't agree with that, right. Like, I can understand perfectly their frustration. Oh, yeah. Well, I can understand yeah. perfectly where they came by that philosophy. Yeah. Well, it's the untouchables, right? Yes. You know, it's like, it's like you know, Elliot Ness becomes You bring what, a knife, yeah. they bring a gun. Yeah. No, yeah. They yeah. bring a knife, you bring a gun. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's in one of yours yeah. in the hospital, you yeah. send one of them to the grave. That's yeah, right. That's exactly. the Chicago way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, the, you, you become what you've, <laughs> you know, you're trying to take down because there is a level that, yeah, if you don't, you will lose usually, you know. And maybe, you know, if you look at it more of a, you know, in the big picture of things, you know, if you do the right thing and, and maybe you or your generation won't do it, but the next generation will pick up the mantle and do it, maybe that'll happen. That's happened, I guess, in the past. But uh, in some respects, yeah, I mean, if you look at in World War II, you know, or any war, any war pretty much, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, uh, as heinous as the Hitler was and, and the Germans and the, the Nazis were, I'm sure that our American soldiers had to do a lot of heinous things oh, as yeah. well just to be able to one-up them because Absolutely. they had to defeat that, right? Yeah, so that's, why they never, that's why they never talked about it. Yeah, exactly. There's things home. that they probably did that would probably, you know, that that's just, nightmares. yeah, un, un, unbelievable. So Much like the British fighting in the Revolutionary War, they had to give up some uh, preconceptions about the rules of warfare because right. yeah. the other guy was fighting so dirty. Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, in yeah. the Revolutionary yeah. War, it was us. You know, yeah. it was yeah. us, and we decided, hey, yeah. we're going to fight dirty, and so... You know, they had to stop showing up in their red jackets with the big white X on the back because. <laughs> well, also, I think it's also, you know, it's, it's funny you guys mentioned the American Dream earlier because I also think that, you know, it's the promise, the promise of what it can be, you know, the, the utopia, the perfect world, you know. Yeah. And that's usually in, in especially the earlier film noir films was embodied with the woman because the woman was usually the prize. You know, she was the one that, you know, she was so beautiful and she was so gorgeous and, you know, maybe she had money even, yeah. you know. She which was, was the, the American dream. She was the American dream. So it's like, here you got this and lug, this guy, this, you know, this, this guy on the streets, you know, he's, he's, he's wanting a better life and he sees it in this woman and, yeah. and what is he going to do in order to, you know, to, and that's why the femme fatale was born, you know, it's like, 
Uh, and it's a very modern thing too, because yeah. she's captivating and she's uh, powerful and exactly. she's self-actualized, yeah. and like you are afraid of her. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah. being afraid of her makes you want her. Well, she's more <laughs> powerful than he is in many ways. In well, many ways, that's, you know. she's usually the one that hires him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the danger. Yeah. The danger is you know more than likely you're going to get yourself in trouble, and you, you're way over your head. And at some point, you may not even live to survive it. Yeah. But it but might you be will some continue of the, on you, because you, you still Well, leave. because it might be some <laughs> of the best sex you've ever gotten. Exactly. And yes. you might actually just embrace the fact that, you know, okay, yeah. I might die, but, you know, God damn it. It doesn't matter. Worth it's worth it. it. Yeah, worth because it. if you've ever known or, or, like, been with one of those women with that kind of power, then you know also that you're never going back. Like, my tastes have changed entirely oh, yeah. from here yeah. on out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I cannot yeah. date girls anymore. <laughs> but it is funny, too, because I was, I was looking at um, a video that was talking about the difference, and actually it was kind of ironic because they were talking about how, you know, every war produced such great, um, film noir films like World War One, you got the Maltese Falcon, you know, um, and you got um, um, Double Indemnity and stuff like that. I think World War Two um, um, really brought about Kiss Me Deadly, or you got Out of the Past, Out of the Past, yeah. which which was a big one, um, and then even the Vietnam War. I think you had Chinatown. Mm -hmm. That was definitely like you didn't trust the government. You didn't trust the people that were running things. They were crooked. They were bent. They were all out for themselves. And so, you know, and I guess they were talking about what would constitute as a noir film now. You know, I mean, obviously there was a new Blade Runner that came out, but I think what they were talking about was how The Dark Knight at that particular time was the movie that could really uh, mirror the whole... You know, 9-11. It was yeah. a 9-11 yeah. experience. What happened the fear of terrorism. Fear and terrorism. Like yeah. Knowing that your your city can't protect you. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much every man for themselves. It's It created a sense of hysteria and chaos. Yeah. And there's a big brother element, too, you know, of like a... Uh, of the question of who's my protector here and is the is the all-powerful whatever my protector or my enemy here, mm -hmm. you know? Is it its own enemy? You know, the right. decisions that have to be <clears throat> made concerning, like, the technology and the abilities in that film is, like, that's a big question, especially in that time. Oh, right? yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, hey, there's a threat coming. Um, should we pull out all of our secret weapons and guns or, you know, not because it's obviously wrong? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. You yeah. know, somebody flipped it over if you think about it. Was the Joker really doing such bad things? If you think about it, he fucked with the mom. That was his yeah. argument the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He, he fucked with crooked, um, really, politicians and, and but compared cops who could have been Compared to any other crime of the day, right. is yeah. it like... He, he, was the, he was the more intense version of Batman. Yeah. Mm. Is what he was. I mean, he was really kind of... It was the side yeah, that yeah. he can go if you start to justify... Well, see, maybe that's why the whole don't kill mm -hmm. comes into play. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that's what makes that's what makes noir and uh, uh, and anti heroes and like uh, war also is, is great because of this because the hero and the villain are cut from the same piece of cloth. Well, yeah, and that is, it's funny you mentioned war because you know, and I think it's a little bit clearer in our script than it is actually in the movie itself. But the idea and the one thing that we kind of set out when we did war was we wanted you to root for the cop through the whole film. 
you know, yeah. a little spoiler alert here, people, if you haven't seen it already. But go, go you know, you're you're rooting you're rooting for that cop through the whole film, yeah. right? And yeah. you're thinking, okay, the enemy, the 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 assassin, you know, you got to get that guy taken down. And then in the third act, suddenly we just flip it on you, and you realize that oh shit, the guy I've been rooting for through this whole film has turned out to be the bad guy, and the good guy, uh, or the bad guy has turned out to be the good. Yeah. Now what do you do? My thing was yeah. I had been following him and not being able to hate him the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I had been yeah, following Jet Li and yeah, not being still, able yeah. to hate him the whole right, time and right. be like, because he's so noble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. because he's going about it and he's like, okay, well, I can tell there's something bigger going on here, you know? Right. And, and, that, and that, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, spoiler, like the, the idea that uh, the... Uh, the the idea that uh, John in that film um, carries so much of the blame for what happened to Tom mm-hmm. is like it, it, it's it's too jarring and mm-hmm. it instantly becomes it becomes a justification of the way you felt about uh, about Tom the whole time. Right, right. I, I think if, if you want to create a really good character, you give him. I, I always find that. You find out what it is the character wants, and then you see the obstacles that he will do to get it. Um, and that's actually I that's something that I've I've been watching a lot of. Um, 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 what's the guy? Aaron um, Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he says that a lot, and I totally agree with that. You know, the fact is, instead of telling a character who he is, it's what he wants and the obstacle the obstacles that's in front of him and what it will take to get. And I hear this all the time. If you create a character that has a need, that is so important because it's how he gets what he wants, whether he gets it or doesn't, that defines the character. Yeah. And if you look at war, which we, ne- we never named, it was Rogue, but if you look at war and you look at Crawford's character, his need to get Rogue stemmed out of guilt. The guilt was he portrayed his partner. And by somehow, rationalizing that I didn't know that this betrayal would get him and his family killed by this assassin, so I'm going to take out all my my faults, and I'm going to project it towards this guy. If and I can by, just kill I him, can kill I can redeem him, myself. I can right. redemption. Yeah. 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 And that doesn't, it, and it fucks him up, because then you find out that the assassin is Tom. Yeah. And that is one of the themes that we like to work with, so that when you're faced with your own your own faults and your own insecurities and your own past mistakes, then what do you do at that point? How do right. you deal with yourselves? And we all try to escape ourselves by justifying a certain... Um, a lot of times we can't face the truth. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, I mean... We, we, we have to blur yeah. the lines. We, yeah. we have to blur the lines in our own lives to be able to, to, be able to process it all. Right. Survival. Self-survival. Yeah. And noir is very much in the same respect in that same theme. We kind of carry those themes on with, you know, the main character, Max Spector, uh, played by Andrew James Jones, which very, you know, he, he, was, he was really, like, for me, the perfect guy to, to play that role because, you know, he, he's a man that's looking for redemption. He's, you know, he's looking. And even, um, you know, Lily, uh, the one that hires him, uh, uh, the female lead played by uh, uh, Tessa Malo, uh, she uh, she's looking for redemption too. So a lot of our characters are kind of looking for, you know, you know, it's like sins of the past, right? You know, there, there's something that happened in the past 
that now affects your character today. And it's that need or that, that yearning to correct what has already happened, but there's no way you can do it because it has already happened, right? I mean, it's, it's done and done. Right. You can't, you're, there's nothing you can do to fix the past. No. You know? But you're going to try. You're but you're try. going to try. You, yeah. 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 And you're always going to yeah. be trying to yeah. make up yeah. for it. And I think all of us experience that. I mean, we all make mistakes, you know, throughout yeah. life, no matter how serious or, you know, maybe not so serious. But there's things that you make. I mean, there's, there's decisions that, you know, we've made in our careers that we look back and go, shit, I wish I had to turn left instead of right. Oh, you know? yeah. Who knows what would have happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we would have been, you know, maybe things in our career would have been awesome or, you know, maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. But you just kind of see where things, sometimes there's a fork in the road and you just wish you took that other route just because you think the path there would have been better. But, you know, who knows what that would have led to. But in your your, your way, you're trying to figure out, was that the right way yeah. to do it? Was that? And I mean, when you're not trying to figure that out, you're going, this is why it was better. Yeah. This is why yeah. my choices were better. This yeah. is why my choices were better. This is yeah. why my choice, you know, like. Yes. Well, this breathe. is all I could do. You know, yes. I, I had no choice, right? <laughs> and that's when you go, that I had no choice makes yep. my choice better. I'm going, right. to, I'm going to quote from a, a great actor, Al Pacino. Free will. It is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's what that's what makes yeah. an interesting character. Because it's, it's and the choices that he makes, and it usually and in a noir, and I know we're kind of harping on noir aspects, but I think that's what I know I find interesting about noir is because usually they make the wrong choices, yeah. mm-hmm. and then they then tries to justify it because sometimes it's a lot easier if you just admit you made a mistake. And you go, I fucked up on that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe I'll learn from that and grow. A lot of times you justify it and make even deeper, worse mistakes, or you because you're doubling down on it. And I I think we all we all suffer from that 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 problem of we don't think we deserve it. Oh yeah, you know we don't think we deserve it. You know it's like Mm -hmm. no, I mean that's for other people to live the life of. Richness and then and love and talk and that, about that living in a woman. town that banks on that. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We live in a city yeah. that banks on that. Yeah. That goes like yeah. none of these people think they deserve it. So if we don't give it to them, exactly. Oh yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay because yeah. And, and then you get, you have the other people around you saying, "Oh, don't rock the boat." Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, just be grateful you're where you're at. Exactly. Yeah. Don't right. ask for any more. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Kind right. of deal when you're like, no. Well, that's why you get all the shit movies that you get today. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. is because everybody is playing the no, game. No, take, take your film and make it modern and yeah. don't make it black and white yeah. and just take whatever, you know, they'll give you however much money they will give you for it and just take it because you're lucky. I don't yeah. mean to change the don't subject. Don't make it yourself. Yeah. I don't mean to change the subject, <laughs> but um, I kind of wish you kept the light off because... Really? Yeah, it's, because a it's a little dark. It's a little dark. No, 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 but it would have been cool because, you know, the subject was dark and <laughs> Oh, my God. And I have three guys talking in the dark. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they can't see us, so it doesn't even matter. I I, I had to I had to bail because we none of us have cigarettes or cigars. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, and right. this would be the greatest uh, back alley meeting <laughs> if we just had the vegan <laughs> cigars. Um, I, I do have to say one thing that I didn't say on the first um, um, the first part. Please, is I you made a comment about films that kind of take over you and kind of brings you in another. Um, space. Um, Stan, I finally got a chance to see 2001, A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick's film, in the theater. And it is one of those movies that I've seen it a lot, meaning I've never watched the whole thing, but I've seen bits and pieces and stuff. Um, but then To watch I, the whole thing, to be fair, you need to live to be 97. 
<laughs> so <laughs> and, well, I and felt sing- like I was 97 after yeah. I saw it, but no. I well, it's interesting it. because singing on it's, a big screen, though, is a. I mean, it's really one of those films. It's, that it's a, a beautiful. It's film. a different experience. Yes, it's every a frame experience. is perfect. Yeah. Every frame is yeah. perfect. Everything, and it tackles subject that death and beyond, and and made it beautiful, and it transcends your fears sometimes. I think that's what movies for me does. It's, Yes. It, it, it takes topics that you might be going through, and you see a movie, and then all of a sudden it says, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, other people have gone through this. People have thought about this. And well, at least solidifies it for you in an image. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, a, like um, if your finances are fucked, but you can finally see a pie chart of them. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. This is yeah. what you're spending on what? And it's yeah. like, oh, that's kind of relieving, because now at least there's some way to... You know, like I can, I, I can ha- have a concept of it. You right, know? right. Well, you know, it, it's funny. And uh, you know, I we were talking about this the other day. You know, as far as going to see movies in the theater, I used to go see movies. I mean, we both did. We all did, probably. Uh, you know, when we were younger, I would go see any movie, a bad movie. I knew it. Th- even if yeah. the movie sucked, I'd go see it at the theater. Oh yeah. Because of the experience of going to the theater, and it did not bankrupt me. You know, when I went to see it, I, you know, five, five or six bucks. Yeah, shit. Right. I, you know, even when I didn't have a job, I could still afford to go see a movie, right? right? Now, I'm looking at all the reviews. I'm, 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 I'm waiting until all of this information comes in before I actually, you know, trip the... To actually the, go in the theater Yeah, to trip it. the switch to go into the theater it's to actually see the $47 after popcorn. Yeah, and and I, exactly. And that's just and, you. Yeah. Yes. And still, nine times out of ten, I'm disappointed yeah. nowadays. Yep. Whereas there was times, you know, I mean, back in the 80s, we had some movies like Terminator. Yeah. And we had a movie like uh, Near Dark and movies like that that came out that nobody knew anything about. I remember seeing Halloween in the theater. Nobody knew what the hell that movie was when it first came out. Right. Mad Max, same way. Blair but Witch Project. Little, yeah. These okay. Little, All right. little, well, right. don't go there. Nah. <laughs> no, but no. no, but that's true. It is true. I mean, but no, but they were experimental. Yeah, you didn't know what you were walking yeah, exactly. into, yeah, is my yeah. point. And yeah. you'd go in there with a fresh, clean slate, and you had no idea, but you said, okay, I'll give it a shot because I love the poster. It looks really cool and everything like that, and it's not going to break me. But we found these gems, man, and that, yeah. that, that everybody as a, you know, as a community, we'd watch these films, and we'd go, oh, shit, that is an awesome movie. I don't get that nowadays. Not from you, movies. Yeah. From TV, a from little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from TV, streaming. Like a little bit. Well, that's what I was wondering. Do you think that streaming has now taken the place of those middle... Um, budget films that you would go and chance. Yeah, I think at. so, but unfortunately, you kind of lose that theatrical, you know, that mm-hmm. theater experience that I really miss. You know, I mean, I used to love going to, you know, the neighborhood theater and, and, yeah. and checking out the movies and stuff. You know, now I see it on my computer and it's more convenient and it's, mm-hmm. you know, and everything like that, but you do miss something there. And it's just the hit and miss of it, too. I think there's so much product out there now that. You know, for every good movie you get to, you gotta go through a hundred really dogs. Do you think? Yeah. It's, do you think it's too many content? I mean, is there too, is there is it too much content out there now? I I don't think so. Just because it's a different strategy okay. to me. You know, it's like there's so there's so much content, but you almost have to make all of that to get the things that you are getting that you right. really want. That right. you know, um, there's a there's a parody show called The Windsors. 
it's on Netflix and mm-hmm. it spoofs the current royal family, right? Right. Uh-huh. And uh, I just think it's so so bold and like the actors are so good in a comedic way. They're right. obviously British theater actors, so they're humongous, you know. Um, but in a parody way, in a in a, uh, a farcical way, it is like the perfect thing, and nobody knows about it. At all, yeah. You know, they, yeah they probably yeah, do yeah. over in the UK because yeah, you know yeah, because it's yeah. so uh, kind of ballsy to spoof right. the royal family, you know. But over here, we're just like, oh, okay, yeah. But then if you watch it, you know, and it's this thing where it's like, oh, can I invest in this? I don't know, you know, give it a shot, you know, like you would go into some random movie that you, yeah. you know. And I'm so glad that I did. And there's uh, like uh, your orphan blacks, and you're like. Um, right. You know, shows. Black Mirror is one I've been watching lately. That Black I just, Mirror. Yeah, I Mirror. just, I just started watching, and I went, "Holy shit, this is right. awesome!" Yeah. yeah, and like, yeah. who? I mean, when it first came out, there was a little buzz about it, you know. But I mean, it's not like you hear about it every day. It's not right. Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, well, but it's surviving. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you know when I was younger, and even when I was a kid growing up, and 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 when I went to see The Godfather and things like that. I got off on seeing great acting. Yes. Oh, you know, yeah, great yeah. fucking acting really yeah. fucking thrilled me. It didn't have to have explosions in it. Nope. I mean, it would be two guys or two, a woman and a guy in a room and just watching them spar on each other. Just, I mean, you look at Taxi Driver and you look at De Niro, he doesn't really speak that much. No. He doesn't really talk a lot in that movie. It's all behavior. And you're just transfixed sitting there watching this guy's behavior through the whole movie. And I used to go see movies just because Pacino was in it, or just because De Niro was in yeah. it. Yeah, or um, you both. Know. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. The, that scene where you got De Niro and Pacino in Heat. Heat. The uh. Only time. How brilliant! How brilliant was it that you find out that they both are in the same movie? I could watch that scene anytime. Exactly. <laughs> but Wake me up in the middle of the night yeah. and say, "We're watching that Pacino yeah. De Niro scene." Exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm up. Yeah. And, 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 and the one time Greg got the uh, chance to actually speak to Michael Mann, he asked him about why he didn't use the two shot in Heat. This is true. Okay, so dish. It bugged me. I love that. I love the scene. I thought the scene was brilliant to see these two. And I mean, it's just like boom. But the thing that just drove me nuts was, I at first I actually thought as I was watching it whether or not they were in the same room because they were always cut and they were cut. They were always doing an over-the-shoulder shot. Yep. And after a while, I I just started thinking, oh, was it possible they weren't there? Because it, it didn't. Where was the two shot? It wasn't and until we went to the restaurant. We went to um, was it Cape Man Macaronis or Macarons or something like yeah, that? It was on. It was on Wilshire. Wilshire, Wilshire and Beverly Hills. Yeah. Cape Manalini's. That's Ca- what it yeah. was. And shut you, down now. They, it's gone out of business. Yeah, but Whoa. you saw a, a poster of an establishing two shot with them in the same space, and I'm like, they shot it. Why didn't they use it? And so we went and saw. I think it was like the. Some anniversary of Heat, where Michael Mann was actually um, there to do Q and A, and I—that was one of those things where I literally ran from the balcony all the way down there, <laughs> and I just like, hey, and then and then and then nobody was looking at me, and then I just yelled out, I said, I have a question that haunted me for about t- fifteen years. <laughs> and there he looking, says, Okay, you can go ahead and say, and I asked him, I said, Why, knowing that you shot the two shot, the establishing shot. Why didn't you use that for the opening? He said he tried to use it, and then, but some for some reason, it didn't quite work. Didn't cut and, in, and, and and so he he felt that the other shots was a little bit 
blah blah blah, which I just didn't buy. Yeah, because I'm you like, could have used a because, two no, second because, shot yeah, in opening I, that scene, and it no, would have worked. I think, yeah, I think yeah. he, he thought once he cut in back and forth, he was going to use it later. But then I'm, my thought is, open it up with it. Yeah. You don't even have to end with it. Nah. Just just the, the two shot of these two icons, these acting legends facing yeah. each other was all we needed. And it's, it's a great scene. I mean, who's to say, you yeah. know, I mean, but it's a brilliant scene and it's but a great scene. I, but as an editor, I would have I would have said, no, you got to have at least one two shot of them in there. Oh, but you I, know they were. I, yeah. I, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's funny, but I, I we had this conversation about we don't see great acting anymore. I mean, we were going back in the days where you saw actors melt into the performance, someone like Gary Oldman um, that did earlier work. I mean, I mean, true romance, true romance, yeah. you know, Daniel Day Lewis, and, and yeah. Dracula, and Daniel Day Lewis, who always melts into it's every unrecognizable from character to character. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Val Kilmer in Tombstone, yeah, where he's Doc Holliday, and you're just like, wow, you know, and you you got jazz, and then the, I, I I think we mentioned the last one was Heath Ledger. Yeah, what he did with the Joker and how you didn't see the actor, you saw the character. It they yeah. created the most believable characters that you that stuck with you. I don't know if you and maybe that's any. why you don't have movie stars anymore. I mean, you were the movie star is dying out. I think, and it, and and it seems to me that you know there isn't a. I mean, there isn't that actor for me, anyways, that I hear is in a movie and I gotta go see that movie because he's in it or she's in it. Yeah. Uh, it just seems now that you know the movies that are being made are spectacle, and you know it's it's the subject matter. Which for us as storytellers is kind of good, I guess, because it's not as dependent on well, you got to have this name talent to make your movie right. uh, uh, get produced nowadays. Now it's more or less well, no, is it based on a novel or is it based on a comic book? You know, you might be able to get. Can your you movie make the made. title something we've already heard of? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean. Yeah, and, and if you do make a small, intimate film, you know, and if it's in at least a horror genre, that you got a shot at maybe getting some kind of a, you know, uh, a theatrical or some kind of a, a kickback there. Is there any actors that that you like, or you? What inspired you to become an actor? Uh, um, probably like, uh, I'd I'd say mostly watching like theatrical performances, and not not to say excluded from film, right. but I mean, my my favorite actors are like Patrick Stewart. You know, mm -hmm. Ian McKellen. Right. Um, basically, people who are... That's what drove me to theater in the first place, is that, you know, I could tell the difference from a very young age um, of someone who was doing the craft of theatrical acting. Right. You know, because there's a way, there's a style of acting now that that works for some things, but that I'm not terribly fond of. Yeah. Where... What's that? You show up on set, and it's 100% method. You know, mm -hmm. right. and they cast they cast whatever voice and look you had in the room, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, and so that that's what. They, but then there's a thing that happens in theater where you do craft a character, you know, and you do it. And it's really two parties doing it. It's the director giving notes. Right. And it's an actor trying out new things with their voice, new things with their posture, new things with their body and mm -hmm. so forth, you know. And for me, I can just and and. It does. I think that that style of acting is a bit counter to realism, you know, which is the more common. Like you want to make your piece realistic, you know, right. and that's 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 a, a huge rule for film, you know. And, but at the same time, there's many. I say this about Tom Cruise all the time, mm -hmm. right? Tom Cruise is a great actor. He's really good. He's really good when he's acting. 
He does whole movies, though, where he's not acting at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he's great. My favorite Tom Cruise thing is uh, um, uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. By far. <laughs> Brilliant. The, yeah. Yeah. But it's the most, like, stretch to, stretch he's done in yes. anything, you know? Yeah. And so I like him when he's stretching, and I can't... I, I mean, I, I tune right out when he's not stretching at all. Well, you know? if you look at, yeah. like, Born on the Fourth of point. July, I think Born on the Fourth of July is one of the... Those, uh, you know, it's, it's it's just a movie that got lost yes. in the past somehow. Right. But I think he's brilliant in that movie, right? You know, uh, I I am a huge fan of Tom Cruise. I think um, I mean, you know, he he's is. like he's in many ways he's sort of like a Tom Hanks. You know, it's like rarely do they ever make a bad movie. You know, you never count a on bad one performance hand. and rarely yeah. a bad film. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, you could count the the the, the you know the bad movies he's made over the th- last what thirty years. Right. So, you think guys like them and even and you throw in Denzel. In the mix, um, you think they rely because they're such great actors because they rely so much on their personality and their persona, so that every character that you see of them is still a variation of their persona. Yeah, like if you see a Tom Hanks movie, mm-hmm. everyone it's I know I'm watching Tom Hanks, yeah. right? but I'm easily able to just connect to the character that he, he's done, and the same with Cruz. Cruz is always the best at whatever that will have whatever. Struggles that he's going to have, but I eventually he will come out of it and stuff. And they're very good at it. Oh yeah, um, it's the, the Stanislavski yeah. method, though, yeah. and it's very, yeah. very safe for film. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. because if that if that's how you got cast in the room, then don't go stretching it once right. you're on set because because that's what they wanted. But I, I do think though, um, you mentioned theater acting, and that is a difference because I think maybe that's where. By crafting a character, you can take more chances. You can be more, more um, give more risk. I mean, Pacino gets it a lot of times because he constantly considered over the top or whatever. But see, I always like when you take those chances, even in film, because yeah. maybe you just start laughing, you just right. go whatever. But at least you go, but he's still interesting. Yeah, it's more it's of just, a risk because yeah. you, you you stand a chance uh, of your performance being memorable. Well, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but, but, but you think, also stand a chance of just being too extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a lot of those actors back in the day, they started out as theater actors. Yes. I mean, your Pacinos, your De Niro's, they and all Paul started, Newman. yeah, they started out on theater. So, yeah. It, there and, was and for, no other yeah. start back in the exactly. day. No, that's how theater, you got it. And then you did theater, then you yeah. went into movie, and then television or whatever. I mean, really, the only actor today that I kind of feel that way about is. Maybe Tom Hardy. I I mean I think you know. It's a he, great point. Yeah, he does some he, do, he yeah. does some really interesting choices sometimes. Sometimes he falls flat on his face. Okay, well, and sometimes he does. All right. you know, really rocks and rolls. Okay, so. well now that you mention him. You got the Venom trailer. You guys saw the Venom trailer. Right? I haven't seen it yet. I uh, know. Oh, well, haven't seen it. Yeah, no. you gotta well, check it out. There's a voice. That but he isn't does. this rated PG-13? Yeah, which is yeah, annoying. It big, pisses me big off. Mistake, I think. But he I has can't. a voice. That and you got to give it to oh, him. No. He, he'll try anything voice-wise of of, an, of a New Yorker that drives me nuts. It's so funny and it's just so like it's a little weird. It's like a uh, New York accent, but it's not a, a real New York accent. It's what he thinks a New York accent or wherever he's from. It's an American accent. It's hey, this so, is how a cartoon of a pizza would talk. Huh? Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But it's not even that. It's just kind of like, you almost have to hear it. Just it's like, a very unique yeah, choice. I'm Eddie, yeah. I'm Eddie Brock and I, oh, you know, I'm boy. a reporter. Yeah. And I saw something really bad. 
dude. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a really, you? you know, it's a bizarre take, I guess. And maybe in context, it looks awesome, and then maybe but it's awesome. You got it. But in the trailer, he I don't made know. Made a choice. <laughs> yeah. and stuck with it, and yeah. the director said, "All right." Well, hey, well, give me that, I think right? I think, yeah. it, and I also think Christian Bale proved that you can do a bizarre voice that no one ever gets, and yeah. the movie can still be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think he was just trying to keep up with Heath Ledger in that. You know. Yeah. Because no the first and movie, do he some wasn't. Acting. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck, it wasn't it. that bad in the first movie. Well, no, and then no. the, 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 actually in the first movie it was perfect. It was he only used used it when he was intimidating a criminal. But then pretty much it was pretty much like this, you know, yeah. whatever. But then it was just like, <laughs> Rrr, you know, because it, yeah, it's he kind of went up. He went p tong. So yeah, you take choices. You you know, and sometimes you swing for the fences and you fall flat on your face. But oh, yeah. other times, you're Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Why oh, not? Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. yeah. It's like, and then there's Daniel Day Lewis. And then there's Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> and then you get to retire. And then you just <laughs> drop the mic. So I wonder, so I wonder if you guys will because this is actually an experience I have not completely had, is without spoiling anything, is if you'll kind of take us through noir, you know, and not give not give away the oh, ending and not give away anything, but no, like kind of tell us what the characters and what's their struggle and what, you know. What uh, what the story basically is? Well, it's just basically it's a it's a detective story um, of um, of a detective Max Spector who's being hired by the daughter of a missing B movie writer named Jack Thorpe to find her father, and he's on the outs with the studio, and so he goes through a journey of trying to find where Jack is and. And it's kind of set up similar to kind of like a Citizen Kane, where everybody that knows Jack hates Jack's guts. Right. And, they kind of and you get to know a little bit about his character as he goes to one person to the next. You get a little bit more information, you know. Exactly. And so you're putting together the story of Jack Thorpe through the, the investigation. Exactly. Through the investigation. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. And so what's the do- what's the do- what's Lily Thorpe's motivation? You know, I mean, is she more on the side of I need to get, you know, everybody who's looking for somebody has either is in is loves them or has a score to settle. Well, on the <laughs> on the surface, she's a she she plays a development girl at the studio. OK. And she's head of and she's in charge of his project. Right. So he owes them a script. And he's been messing for a couple of weeks, and they need the script. So in essence, on the surface, anyways, it's like, hey, can you help find my dad? Because he owes the studio a script, and uh, if he doesn't you know, turn it in... Plus, it is her father. Yeah, it's her father, yeah, him. and she's worried right. about him, you know. But is uh, she rather cold about that part? I, no, I don't think so. I think I think she has the, you know, she has some chinks in the armor at well, first. I mean, you know, you see some, you see that there might be a little friction between the two of them. I think, like in know? anything, you have to watch the film and kind of mm-hmm. make the determination in the beginning of it. They're definitely it's strange. She they're, does make a comment that they they they, they they're, they're not close, you know. Yeah. Which you do understand later on how and, how that comes about. And that's really what the, the story is. It takes you on a journey. On, on her character to yeah. find out why they're not close and and what happened to Jack and in the midst of all this, all the people that hate Jack, you know, Jack Thorpe, turns up dead, in very bizarre and very strange way. And our since he wrote B movies, you know, with monsters involved in them, uh, all of his enemies start winding up dead, killed in a similar way that he wrote in his scripts. Oh, yeah. and yeah. so the yeah. deeper our detective goes into it, the more he's now being fingered for. Some of these murders, 
the detective or Jack. No, the detective. Well, but Jack is still missing. Yeah. Right. So, so he has to find Jack, but every time he shows up, then to talk There's to another Jack. dead body. So yeah. he gets to talk to his. He's in the being yeah. geographically yeah. Yeah. where these things are happening. Well, yeah, it's it's it's, it's the classic noir. Yeah. You know, thing. You know, I mean, we we worked with a lot of the cliches, I guess, of the noir, and but we try to make them our own. And yeah. the fact that you know you you always got your your hero that's sort of in the wrong time at the wrong place. Right. You know, and then suddenly he starts to get, you know, fingered as the patsy for all these things. Right. Now, not only do I, now I'm not only in this to, to get a paycheck, but I got to clear my name. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And, and <laughs> yeah. you got, you got to ratchet up the, uh, you the know, stakes. The, the, the stakes. Well, right? because now more than ever, other people are looking for Jack too. So again, the deeper he gets and also the weirder the case becomes, it becomes so strange that it, it now it becomes an obsession with him to find Jack. And somehow by finding Jack, it clears up certain things even from his past. Right. Um, so it's, 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 it's really, it's, 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 got, it's a you know, movie that deals with the occult, the occult it, it deals, yeah, the and occult. also past tragedies. Yeah. And, right. and the golden age of Hollywood and some of the things that happened. I mean, we love that genre so much. And then we love the history of that. I mean, you know, we did a little research of stuff that happened back in those days when we were first coming up with the idea. And there are certain things that if you if you really know the history of L.A. back in those days, you'll see some semblances. You know, I mean, we, we didn't take them directly, but we were inspired by them. Yeah. You know, and we use some of those elements in this script or in this, this story that you'll see that, uh, okay, you know. So we were kind of operating off of things that we've either heard rumors about or... You know, even rad. some of the stuff yeah. that happened with some, or I'm not going to mention a certain producer, yeah. but other producers in Hollywood, it's kind of like they were happening while this movie was being made. And right. we're sitting there like, oh, wow. So some of the bad people are being outed out. And it's like, wow, that's very similar to what we got in our story. That's it's, so great. Because like I, like I was talking about earlier, I think that those things... You know, um, uh, you know, including per actors do this type of stuff in their performance too, but it's texture. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like uh, that's another thing that like the theater director won't let you get away without doing some historical research of, yeah. You know, of what's up and and probably not to be accurate and not to be on the nose or anything like that, but to to provide texture, detail, yes. you know? Mm -hmm. like, well, a, like a painting that doesn't have any of the like little teensy cross-hatching and shadowing right. and blah-blah, you know? It starts to get flat and boring, blah-blah. Yeah. You got to have all the little teensy detail work to really make it a, a, a work of art. I well, mean, also the gossip of the day, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, it's the L.A. Confidential kind of thing where they had the gossip, and some of the gossip stories that you would hear, maybe they were true, maybe they weren't, but the fact that... You know, we took a couple of them as if they would have been true, you know? And yeah. we said, okay, what if that was true? And That's not knowing great. if it was or not, <laughs> but what if that was true? How would that play out? So we played around with a lot of those elements, too. But That's what? great. That's a Ryan Murphy-esque move. Just like, I'm going to take yeah. this rumor and extrapolate yeah, the exactly. fuck what, out what of it. What if that was true? Yeah. What if you that know? actually happened? You How know? would you play that? Well, um, you know, you mentioned details. I don't know. Because, you know, in the, in the immortal words of Ed Wood, it's all about the broad strokes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about the little details. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, here, here's the thing, too. Um, I think what makes noir interesting is it is it's still fundamentally kind of a horror thriller. 
it's it's actually the more you get into the story, it's less about the film noir trappings because it's very contemporary, and it's also very we do play around with different genre. Um, and it's so, a it's a part, really it's, you know, it's, 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 it's part it's film a, noir. It's part um, universal monster movie. It's kind of it's a kind of a part war movie. Um, it's also a little bit has a musical. Yeah, a it's a farcical kind of thing. And you know? yeah, and it's yeah, and it, it's a it's a satire in a lot of ways. So we are kind of blending all that up. But really, what it is, it's this love letter to classic movies that we both love and that and grown up and watched. And to be that, it seems to me that you you. It, at all costs, you would not want to give up on all those on all the little homage bits that happen. You know, well, well, you I think, know like what makes it a noir is all the stuff you love about noir, and like you're basically you're like, I want to, I want this in my scene. Yeah, and you I know? think the problem is, is put in, these in, blinds yeah. in front of this light right here, and that's going <laughs> to be in my scene. <laughs> the, the big problem, and and this is mostly from the story point of view, is, and I, I remember. Um, you know, when we used to go pitching around the studios and things like that, you know, we would always get, you know, we would actually do research in historical things maybe sometimes or or even, uh, you know, when we were doing homage to like an old film or an old character like Sherlock Holmes even or something like that. You know, we'd have those elements in there that we would be big fans of and then you'd have the development person go, well, why is that necessary? Nobody's going to know that. Nobody's going to make that connection. And we're going, who cares? Some people will. Yeah. You know, some people, and if they don't, they'll get educated, or they'll 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 kind of maybe scratch their head and go, "Why is it that way?" And then when they see something later on, they go, "Oh my God, that that was just like what they they knew." Yeah, their genre, they knew their characters, they knew the people or the the situation they wanted to do, right? Well, and all that shit that you put together that, that's special to you and that might just be for one person, you know, like all somebody that somebody else will get it. Somebody else will cut it. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody else will tell you, "Don't do that." Exactly. It's just for and one person. Fuck that. I there's not, not to go back yeah. to war, but there's one shot of war that's like that for me, and it's the shot where the the wife and kid are dead, and the blood drains down, uh -huh. and the two things of blood touch. Uh -huh. Bing. That shot's too long. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody fought for that shot because they <laughs> wanted it to go they until go, the blood touched. Blood touch, you know, right, I don't know yeah, if it was yeah. in the script. I don't know yeah. if it's just the editor no, going, "No, no we got to yeah, do it." Yeah. Well, I mean, but you, know. you you make a you you make a really interesting point because the to me the shots that need to be long are the shots that elevate the story and the themes of the movie. Um, one of the it, one of the interesting things that we've been getting with Noir just in some of the screenings is. Oh, we really like the movie, or it's really good. Do you really need that extra shot yeah. of this, or do you really need that moment there? And our feeling is always, but it reveals character. Yeah, and there's a reason why you care reason about why them. you care about him because we are with him a little longer than the normal time that you normally get. It goes back to what I was talking about, but trying to go back to long form storytelling. It's a difference. It's 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 going back to the David Leans of the world that just didn't feel the need to have to rush. And it's like if you're patient with us and you can buy into the characters, you get the be, payoff. You'll get the payoff and you won't mind the payoff. No. And you won't mind the amount of time that you spend with the characters. Too many times everything is just trying to get it under a time. 
Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's got to be, the movie can't be no more than 90 and, minutes yeah, or an hour. Yeah, and trust me, if, if it doesn't Why? feel like it's moving, I would be all up for trimming and, and getting things, you know, tighter. You but but you got to be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You got to be think, honest about it and yeah. say when something needs more time or when something yeah. needs to breathe, Absolutely. be like, because sometimes this has got to be this long. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes I think if you get to that point and if you, okay, if you cut it up to uh, meet a particular time period, then my thought is, well, would you still have the impact at the end of that film that you had in the longer version? Are this no, because you yeah. wouldn't have fallen so deeply in love, hate, lust, right, exactly. whatever it is. And it, that takes time. You cannot do it in three minutes. Well, I'm this, sorry. This, you just this, can't do this it. This movie it, I, I, um, plays very much like a novel because we're not completely narrative. I mean, we do play around a little bit with um, certain time um, because the way that we're revealing the story still reveals character and what they're going through and what they're thinking. And we just, and it wasn't by design. I mean, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, we want to make a long movie or whatever, but because we're trying to honor the, the themes of the story and some of the genre, it just happened to lay out that way. And even when we try to pull certain scenes back or we do this, we realize that, you know, what we're really doing is we're world building. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're not just focusing on plot. A lot of people, a couple of people have mentioned, maybe you should just focus on plot. But our What's the information? Is, What's the information? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But our feeling is, but I think you get more out of it if you accept the world building mm -hmm. because you're going to get the plot that's going to come with it. And as long as the pacing is moving, and as interesting. long as it keeps moving and it's interesting, nobody will care what time because they're already invested in it. Yeah. And by the time that's over, it's like, oh, wow, I I can't even believe it's already been two and a half hours and four. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Uh, four? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not four hours. Yeah, yeah, well, no, it's no, not, but yeah, no, yeah, I've yeah, sat through yeah, four hours yeah. of movie. Yeah, I've me too. Yeah, I've yeah. sat when they had intermission, uh -huh. and then they went and did something. And then be honest with you, it was an event. Not all four-hour movies are great, you know, but some were actually worth the time of investing in the time because, again, I feel like I'm on a journey. We don't get it anymore. We don't get feeling in a, like you're... Yeah. Engage in a movie. At least I. But you know what? In a weird way, there is something available that is a hyper realization of that, which is, which is three bingeable seasons of yes, this one character, yeah. McNulty, right? Well, well, that's what I always find interesting is that people will physically complain about spending twenty dollars yes. on a movie and having to sit there longer than an hour and a half, right? Whereas they will sit and watch 18 hours <laughs> of a show on Netflix in one day <laughs> and call in sick at work and I, oh, I can't go in. But I can't go to a theater and watch a movie that's over two and a half hours. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's or very strange. I can't even and I'm paying good money. Yeah. See, that's my thought. If I'm getting value for the buck, right? If I'm going in to these theaters now and paying $20, $25 for a, for a film ticket... I want to be, you know, I want to be in the, I want to immersed. be immersed for, for a period of time. Absolutely. You know, get, and and uh, I feel like too many times we're just so like, uh, we're willing to spend all this money to go see a movie and see not a good movie, but even a shorter movie. So it doesn't take all my but, night. But here's no, the we're going but in wanting it to be an hour and a half. Yeah. No, but here's the problem. You know, it's like, go, we should be able to go in and be like, hey, if it keeps me for three hours, then that's a fair way, game. But I, I hope you would. Yeah. But I, I've sat through a movie that felt like five hours, that's an hour and a half. Absolutely. If you don't More of those than the other way. Absolutely, yeah. because yeah. if you, if you, at least with longer films, you absolutely have to develop the characters. You really have to try to make them real and make the story, because otherwise, 
that's the reason why it's so long, because there's so much you're trying to cover. An hour and a half, you can create some of the most dullest shit. And yeah. I swear, it'll feel as oh, if you're watching uh, like an eight-hour movie. Yeah. It's like, is this movie over? What, it's only 20 minutes? Holy crap. Right, <laughs> right. You know, you just, yeah. you, dude, you're not engaged in it. And I think it's all about engagement. And I also think it's about vision. I find that when I go see a movie, and I, I'll know probably in the first 10 minutes of whether I'm on board or not. And if I get a sense that I'm watching something I haven't quite seen before, and it's going in unusual directions, but yet I'm noticing, like, oh, wow, the way that's shot, that's interesting, whatever, I'm already engaged. Yeah. And there's that point where you go, I'm on board. Yeah. Yep. No matter where they go, what choice they make, I'm on board. And you don't see that much anymore. No. You really don't. I mean, you see, you see more mostly on, uh, on uh, television now or, well, or, mean, or streaming. You I mean, see looking it. at the last Jurassic Park movie, I just remember after the first 10 minutes, I remember somewhere in 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, when does it end? Yeah, the wheels were spinning. <laughs> you, your brain is already yeah. thinking yeah. what I'm going to do after the movie. Yeah. When's the third act? I, and this is almost done. Right. No oh, surprises. Gotta, oh, wait a minute. They, they got that <laughs> shot from the trailer that they didn't show yet. Oh, fuck. That's right. There's a whole other third act. See <laughs> the trailer. They're going to show it here. And that's, that's what people are getting, you know? Yeah. I do agree that the stuff on streaming when done right, yeah, you're right. It's much more engaging, and you care about the character. And you know, and there's indie films out there in the theater, but I don't really see them that much because it's so damn expensive. Yeah. It's too yeah. bad. And, and 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 you know, getting back to uh, about you know uh, what people will accept and what people won't accept, you know, when it comes to film. I remember when I was a kid, and I used to watch you know the old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Remember the old Bugs Bunny uh, cartoons, yeah. and. Uh, and remember Leopold? Remember the one where Leopold, where he's, where he's at the Hollywood Bowl and he's doing the, the yes, opera thing? Yes, yeah, so, absolutely. Now, when I was a kid and I was watching it, I didn't know who the fuck Leopold was. Right. I had no idea. Right. I didn't know he was a famous conductor back, back in the day. I mean, I was five years old. <laughs> I didn't know. But I, I got the jokes and I laughed and I found it entertaining yeah. only because they were so good at... At, at at portraying Leopold, right? You know, Bugs Bunny was so good at that impression that he was doing. I felt like I knew who Leopold was, and I was laughing about the impression anyway. Oh, you know? absolutely! Yeah, I mean, there's there's yeah, any yeah. number of like actual real or historical characters that you come to know through the parody performance. Exactly. Of something, you know? <laughs> yeah, and uh, so many times I think we get stuck on this thing. It's like, well, we can't put it in the movie because nobody will know what reference you're making. It educate you know? them. Yeah. 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 I mean, we yeah. got that in noir because, you know, we had a couple of, you know, some of our, our, our subplots, if you will, or whatever, and some of the things that happened. And people would go, why do you even need that in there? It's not that important. I'm like, yeah, but it, like Greg said, it world builds. It creates that world. It's a wide shot in. of the neighborhood. Yeah. Believe yeah. it or not, Jimmy, somebody wanted to cut down your sequence. Your, and your, we said no. Yeah, your I, number. <laughs> uh, this person Musical. is trying to ruin you. <laughs> um, they are against your success. Well, you know, but also we, we have to remind people the movie's not done. They're, you're seeing a rough cut. Whenever you tell anybody you're seeing, you know, it's a rough cut. Oh. But in the back of their mind, you think it's done. I'm Maybe sorry. This, this I'm sorry, good. but you have to have edited. You don't need to be an editor, but you have to have spent a day with Premiere mm -hmm. in yeah. order to be able to digest a rough cut properly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I, yeah. you no. can't just say, "Hey, movie going public, come here and watch a rough cut." They'll right. just be so right. confused. They'll be like, yeah. "What happened to the sound?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. many times we said it's not finished, it's guys. Not finished, don't worry yeah. about it. And then it said, "Yeah, they were standing, and there was a green screen." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. 
Rough cut. Rough cut. But but part of again when we were mentioning you know because one one of the people who saw our films it's actually a, a good friend of ours was saying oh yeah the stuff that's on the screen is not as interesting as what's going on in the scene and we're like okay but this scene's not done you're not seeing exactly the full amount that we're going to do with it. And so I would ra- I, I can't wait to show her again yeah. now that it's done. I get it if the idea feels like it's long. And I always get, know the difference of when you should trim, when you can shorten, when is it laying on there too long, too much or too long. But the world building is all about the experience. Yeah. It's like when's the when's going to when's the next time we're going to be in an, in an, um, the Egyptian in 1949. I don't know if we're gonna be there anytime soon. Well, yeah, never be there. Well, I tell everybody, I say, you know, I say, enjoy it. I I go, this will be the only time we'll ever be able to make a movie, black and white, period piece. That's as long as we want, want and about the story that we want, because literally, I mean, we'll never be able to do that ever again. And my thought is, if at least three other people like it, then we might, you know, have some sort of because I guarantee you, next film, investors or studio, will get notes. And sure enough, it's, it's going to be know. following somebody else. I mean, we're going to fight like hell for the stuff that's important in our stories. Yeah. But it's a collaboration. And hopefully the people that will back us will kind of understand what the story is and help us get our vision across. But, you know... And that it, happens it, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it does it happen does sometimes. Happen. You'll be in oh, a yeah. studio situation. And we've had... You know, we've like anything else, you get great notes and you get really a lot of bad notes, you know. And don't you know almost instantaneously? I mean, you know instantaneously. Like, if you get an. Oh, yes. If you get the. You know, if you're. If someone's sitting there saying, you know, why are they against a green background? You know, you instantaneously know. That's yeah. fine. I'm yeah. going to fix yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll yeah. be fixed. Yeah. Don't even worry you know, about that, but right? if you get a note that's like, my first impression of this was blah, blah, and you're like, oh. Never oh. thought of it that way. Okay, those are the thoughtful notes where you you go, oh, that makes sense because they at least understand what you're trying to get at and saying, well, this is what it came across. And yeah. Then, oh, how can I do that? One of the funniest. Or stories... I'm also talking about like just the uneducated, you know, I oh, mean yeah. that that mm-hmm. just simple movie consumer uh, take on the thing is invaluable. Well, oh, let me tell once. you something. I, I th- One time yeah. through. Then shut up. Yeah, I think a lot of times the the Joe Schmo, the the you know the the you know old Joe on the couch sipping his six pack of beer or watching a movie, those guys yeah. get a lot more than you think they do. Oh yeah. I mean a lot more. I mean there's it's people just more out, visceral. It's, exactly. It's not all analytical yeah, and in yeah. your head. Because we've been watching movies since we were kids, so we know by our gut. Right. What's good and what's not. It, I mean, it's almost instinctive, you know, whether, like Greg said, whether a shot's going on way too long or a scene's going on way too long or, yeah. if, you're or if it feels indulgent or, you know. you know, or pretentious or whatever. One of the best note stories that we had at the studio was we, we had one of our scripts that were optioned um, originally for Jet Li um, um, back at Sony Studio. We had to sit there and we had about four producers all giving us contradictory notes in the room. And they, and they heard each other, they heard each other but, but they, they didn't, didn't listen, listen to, to each, each other. other. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting there, and he would say this, and then they would contradict. And the other one's nodding, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. Like, but they <laughs> so you know the one thing seen. he said just completely dis- derailed yeah. the, everything you said that yeah. you wanted. Yeah. You know? I couldn't agree more. What I really think, though, is the opposite <laughs> of what he said. <laughs> and, and why? Because they all had their, their pocket points of what they wanted to get across, yeah. and that's all they cared about. Oh, yeah. And that made sense how movies are, a lot of times, are horrible movies. That come out there, you're because you could feel it, you could sense 
when, oh, you could, you're going this direction. Oh, wait a minute. That contradicts what you were doing. Wait a minute. There's this whole other subplot that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And you get the sense that, yeah, these are the studio's notes. <laughs> and they will be abide. Yeah. And, but, I mean, on, on the flip side of that, though, the, and it, unfortunately it happens less than, than most, but um, those moments when you do get a note that says, oh, you can take this character in this direction and you can achieve what you were trying to, and you're going, holy shit. That, and then it's almost like, you know, I, you know, it opens up a whole new Pandora's box, right? Yeah. It's like of ideas that you go, wow, that's awesome. Well, and sometimes it gives you all these, like, it's like, oh, hey, like, I could sort of make that make more sense just by trimming this and that there or adding this exactly. little thing over yes. here. And yeah. when it's something like that, yeah. it's just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> when the cla- you know, they, everybody talks about collaboration, right? And that's when the collaboration yeah. really works and is really fun and you really get excited and really. And, and why you got to fight for your vision, et cetera, mm-hmm. and stand yeah. your ground and everything. But like, you can never completely shut down any feedback. Well, no, because no. I think you, you can't know, really. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, we've been working together for as long as we have is because you know we respect each other's opinion and we know that if something's not quite working there's a reason why you know it's like yeah. oh I love this idea why don't you love this idea well there's a reason because it's not your your idea's not getting through to me right let me help you get it that can, idea it can continue yeah. to be yeah. crafted though yeah. yeah yeah and i think that we will keep on bouncing it back and forth and knocking it out till we're we're both kind of going oh shit now we see it and when we both see it 9 times out of 10 most people will see it too. You yeah, know? and also yep. too. Sometimes when there's a disagreement, a lot of times, it's it's a, on a particular scene or a particular moment. It's usually the other person that has not just the strongest argument, but has a certain com- conviction. Yeah, that's saying no. I'm telling you, this is the reason. And I, you almost got instinct, even if sometimes you go like, I don't know. Well, all right, let me try it, and then you go. You were right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. We've done that a lot. We've done uh, that a we lot. Truly, we yeah. listen to each other so much. And and the one thing we do, because if it's not a if if, if it's a, if it's a weak idea, it folds under questioning. It, it, you, yes. you know it. The right, more right. you come back and you try to defend it, well, we could so and so and and even your own brain's like, I'm not even buying Fuck, this. Fuck, I'm out of juice on this. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. right, right. But when you're sitting there and say, no, I'm not, this has got to be the first thing. It's got to be like, boom. And I'll tell you why. It was just like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we just had a text this last night when I said, he just did this incredible poster and stuff. I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe you can do this, and he's like, yeah, "But I just did the poster." What the oh hell yeah, are you well yeah, it's funny. He texts me like, "It's a great fucking idea," but at the same time, I just got through shooting it. It's like two thirty in the morning, right? Yeah. And he sends me this text. <laughs> he sends me this text. Hey, uh, can you go back and change this? Uh-huh. And I go. Motherfucker. <laughs> I got to go back. I got to change. I got to print it back out. I got to go back downstairs. I got to go back in the south stage. I got to put up the camera again. I got to oh, put it on the Jesus. tripod. And I got to shoot this motherfucker. And, 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 and about an hour later, I go, yeah, it's better. But but, yeah. but, but, but what's funny was that he says that text. And and I know he's going to do it because I, I, I recognize that he, reckon, the fact he's complaining tells me, okay, he's going to make the change. Yeah. But the only thing I could write, and I said, I'm not going to mess with him. Yeah. Because I'm at home, he's at the studio, and he's got to do this. And then I just wrote, I just sent a text, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what can you say? Yeah. Can you say? But you will both fi- silently agreed that yeah. we do need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and that's the beautiful thing about collaboration, especially when it comes from a real honest place. It's all there to service the film. Yeah. And if it feels organically right, if it really feels like, that's a good idea. And sometimes it comes after the fact. Like he said, mm-hmm. after you shot and stuff, yeah. and then you go, 
We don't throw away any bad ideas. Even if it means extra work, it's like, yeah, but because it will haunt us. It will go, well, no, no, I'm going to keep it this way because I don't feel like I want to do it again. That whole, there was a way. Yeah, there was a a better way. And the last thing you want, right, is the last, and this is is when it gets tricky, right? Yeah. If you're going to fight for your belief, you're going to fight for your idea, Make sure that when that movie gets shown, somebody doesn't come back and say, you know, I loved it except for that one idea. Because <laughs> that's when you said they go, fuck. Yeah. You know, but here's the funny thing, too. I'll defend whatever idea, if I believe wholeheartedly that it should be there, even if other people don't feel that. Because yeah. But nine times out of ten, usually it's because it doesn't work. Yeah. That's why it's not reaching people or it's not, you know, it's not affecting people. I think a lot of times... Well, most you of know. the ideas that we have usually work. Yeah. But sometimes you fight for certain concepts or certain things. Usually it's not an idea. But sometimes, it, yeah, like you said, sometimes that does happen. That one thing you fight for and you get in and go, and that's the thing that everybody hates. And you yeah. go, like, oh, yeah. Shit. Well, I mean, uh, and I like a, one yeah. of those in yeah. a good movie, though. Yeah. yeah. Like just yeah. a thing that, like, in a, in a really good movie, there's, in the greatest movies, there's yeah. one of these little acorns, right? Where, yeah. where where you're just watching it and you 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 pick out uh something that it's like it didn't it that does not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the director loves it and fought for it mm-hmm. and I therefore am glad it made it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I'm not I feel sitting like here that, wishing they had honestly, cut it. I feel that way about every George Lucas movie. Yes. I mean every I mean even the prequels, you know, which are not my favorite. No. Nope. You know, and there's moments <laughs> in there where I roll my eyes and I scratch my head and I go, why would he do that? But I gotta appreciate the fact that it's George Lucas. Yes. You're, you know? you're yes. glad that the person made what they wanted to exactly. make. Exactly. Yes. And there's yes. something about <laughs> that. You. There's something that there was a vision there. Yes. No matter how kind of, you know, wacky. wacky it was or how much how maybe clumsy it was. Right. There was a vision and I got the vision and I understood what he was trying to do. I would rather go that way than maybe some of the newer films that I'm seeing now where they're just kind of committee. Yeah, Yeah, and everything like 100% works, but it's like... No, it doesn't work. It's like a a 4K display. It's too clean. It's too good. Yeah, There's not messiness there, right? Right. you got to have a little messiness. Humanity. There's this old saying that's been still bugging me a lot of times where they're saying, oh, you're too close. You're too close to your work. You're too close. But I've often wondered, (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) Of course I'm close to it. Of course it's personal. Now, obviously it's meant that you're so close that you can't see the forest from the trees that you can't be objective about it. Right. I believe you can, and I do believe that's true to a point. I I do believe if you do view it and you do take uh, a moment to say, is it working, is it not working, that's where the objectability should come into. But at the same time, I always also feel like making film uh, is really kind of a selfish, you know, um, thing that you're doing because you are doing it for yourself. But the vision that you have is so ingrained in your mind that if I could get it close to how it's in my mind, yeah. then I have to believe that if I love this with all my heart, that there's at least one or two other people that's going to love it too. Absolutely. And I think that's <laughs> kind of because I, I'm not for to try to play to the crowd or the masses. No, if we were going to do that, we wouldn't do a black and white movie that's over two and a half hours, that's a period piece that nobody seems to care, with the title of a of genre that a lot of people, young people in particular, don't even know what it means. Right. You don't do that movie. That's the most consistent advice I hear, basically, is uh, about self-producing, mm-hmm. is make the thing you want to watch. Yeah, make yeah, the yeah, thing you true. like, yes. that you want to make, you know, Absolutely. because... 
the fact is, as much as you want, uh, we all want to think that we're special. There's a million of us. Yes. 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 There's yeah. a, there's well, a million I mean, guys just like yeah. me. Mm-hmm. We're who, never, I mean, especially at this level, we cannot compete with the Avengers. We cannot no. compete with, you know, the movies that are getting $100 million spent on them. We can't compete with that. So no. we got to find our niche. We got to, you know. Well, and besides, that's another know? movie. If you make yeah. a movie that's like that one day, that'll be in another story entirely. Exactly. Well, I think <laughs> you, you look at what's, what, one, what it is you want to tell. What is it that you want to say? As an artist of any kind, you're always looking at your own voice and what, it, what you're trying to communicate. And then you sometimes look at what's absent. When you look at movies, what is it you don't see? I think for right. us, yeah. it was simply that, ah, man, they don't ever make those genre films, the noir films anymore. They don't ever do... I think L.A. Confidential was the last one I remembered. And I remember sitting there watching that movie saying, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore. At the time they made L.A. Confidential, I said, wait a minute, they just did. You know, yeah. you, 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 you then operate that if you're waiting for somebody else to do it, they probably won't do it. Or in, in the time frame that you're looking, so go out and do it. Do, we, are, 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 we are an example that if we can do this, then anybody can follow their own dreams and stuff like that. And you, he just wrote a, a nice little, I almost want to call it an op-ed, um, but it's, <laughs> a, it's a speech um, that he wrote on you know, that he was inspired. I call it the Jerry Maguire mission statement. Oh, I saw this. You yeah, saw yeah, yeah, yeah. You shared a, a it's a, 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 more of a, like an image of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Why, yeah, why yeah, don't yeah, white yeah, text right, on right, black? Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. It was great, but I, I, but I felt like that is the Nora mission statement, which is just fucking do it. Yeah. Fuck them. And just fuck them, you know. Yeah, and, and just, if they don't, they don't understand, yeah. dismiss yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't please everybody, so don't try. you know, don't try. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I, do I want everybody to love what we do? Of course, you know, you want everybody to love what you do. Sure, you want, hopefully you want, it's a breakout hit, and it yeah, you want that appreciation, right? Yeah, but I would be happy with the people who know that genre and that enjoy that genre and love that genre if they would watch this film and go, "Wow, you know, now I have a film." You know that just came out that I can go to and look yeah. at and watch. It's like because I think you know with us we love those films too, but we got to go back you know to 1949 and get an old film that we've seen probably 20 times, right? right? I, so I one of the best moments of of working on this movie um, was that I, I we had a chance. I in particular had a chance to go back and watch these old films, these old noir films. That's not popular. These old noir films that's not the Maltese Falcon or right. they're not on the big sleep or stuff we know about and stuff. And there's hundreds of them. And I was sitting there watching these great movies that I've never heard of before. And just like getting excited and going, oh, people should hear about this and stuff like that. And I think that that's, you know, you made the comment about um, some of the things that we're doing on our post and like their Instagram or Facebook. We're posting, we're always trying to. Um, acknowledge what came before us. Yeah. So that if if we see an old TV show, we see an old movie, and we go, oh, we were fans of that, we try to give that a shout out. If anybody goes and see this movie, and then they go, oh, it reminds me of that movie that I liked, maybe they'll go back and watch that movie. Yeah. You know, or they go re-release. Well, I remember when somebody uh, somebody made a comment on one of the test screenings that it reminded them of uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, and mm. we said that was one of our huge inspirations. You know, <laughs> I don't know if like ever, yeah, the <laughs> Night Stalker. Have, have you ever seen, uh, heard of the show, The Night Stalker? No. back in the seventies, it was one of those yeah. ABC movies of the week that starred Darren McGavin, who was an uh, uh, he was you know he was an actor that did movies, but then the seventies he started doing television shows like a lot of actors before him. 
And he did this TV show. It was a movie of the week, and it was called The Night Stalker. And it was literally one of those movies that came on around 3.30 in the afternoon. And it was, it took off. It took off that they did a sequel, The Night Strangler, and then they did a TV series called the Koshak, The Night Stalker. And it was just about a reporter that was investigating technically monsters. Supernatural. Right? Supernatural stuff. Situations. And, oh, okay. and it was scary as hell. The first one was scary as hell. And it ha- and that that was a very noir storyline. And and I and it affected us in a way that we always wanted to just thought how great it would be to kind of do a Night Stalker movie, you know, and we still want to do that. But I think when we were crafting noir, it was just saying, hey, what if you had a detective and he was back in the 50s, but he's investigating monsters. So when the fact that someone that saw a screening of our film brought up, yeah. this reminded me of the Night Stalker. And then it was just like, yeah, yeah. one of the best <laughs> moments ever. I was like, that was one of the best reviews ever. You That's get great. Me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you see me. It's <laughs> a great high. That, yeah, there's there's nothing better than like uh, you know something that you've drawn inspiration from, kind of like showing up in your work, not like it's a cover, you know, like a cover band will do a cover of it, you know, yeah. but but like just oh that's that reminds me of yeah that's yeah. the greatest yeah. compliment yeah. Yeah. that reminds me of you yeah know? I mean because that's that's really what inspires us for a lot of things a lot of you know it's funny a lot of our um, basic ideas will come from watching a really bad movie from like yeah. Yesteryear, absolutely. And we'll see a film that's maybe thirty or forty years old, and it just sucks. It's just so bad. But there's a great idea behind it. How would you fix? Yeah, it? yeah it's like how would you fix this? And we put our writer's head on because you know we used to do some ghost writing in the yeah. early days. You know, they, people would bring us in, you know, to fix their crap, right? And we would like sit there and try to figure out, okay. If we were doing it, how would we do it differently and stuff like I that? I got a little film for you fellas to watch. It's called Time Cop. <laughs> uh, I mean, brilliant premise. Oh brilliant. god, just he's a cop yeah. who time travels. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he not only it, he is chasing time travel related crimes. Okay, yeah. not just yeah. that he time travels. Okay. Fix this film. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> but no, that's what we would do. We would yeah. take, take a no, lot of those premises it. and we would try to figure out a way of fixing it. You and know? going back to collaboration, it was a lot of fun collaborating with you on our set because, again, it's, it's when you get really strong actors, especially theater actors, they come up with so many ideas. And what's really kind of nice is our that, that whole sequence of you guys were pretty, it was improvised because, again, in the script, it wasn't written so specifically. You know, yeah. it was just Wiggins showed up, you know, he's, he's, and he's already in the theater. Yeah. So all the stuff that happened outside the theater wasn't really in the script, all that stuff. But because you guys were so good, and it dawned on us that Wiggins really doesn't have an opening. You know, like, what's Wiggins like in that world? And within that maybe 30 or 40 seconds, and, and, yeah, and how it's can less we than a minute, yeah, but I mean, yeah. How yeah. convey yeah, but the weight of who this guy and is? And it conveyed beautifully and it conve- about it, that. It conveyed know? so beautifully. That the, I remember when we were improvising, it just kept getting bigger and bigger, and yeah, we're just yeah. sitting there like, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, though, because we recognize right away that, wow, we got a lot of strong actors in this who are Well, that's something that all of us agree. I remember all of us agreeing on that, too, right. is that, yeah. is yeah. that, that like, there's a, there's a keen moment here, you know, where 
where we're all terrified and it has much to do with like our careers and our success and mm-hmm. our self-worth and like yeah it just had and this so one much... guy holds the key to all of that absolutely you know? yeah. and it's everybody too oh, absolutely you know? yeah. it was every every all the characters in that frame you know it wasn't just me and it, you know it was like it was a great i think actors love an opportunity to show the stakes they love yeah. it yeah. they love yeah. it yeah. you know because it's a big emotion it gets to be a big emotional thing for them you know and how mm-hmm. to map out that emotion specifically right oh, and also the interesting thing especially when you go through these test screenings and you know i don't know if i'm a fan of test screening yet or not i mean i i, <laughs> I think uh, i think it does two things i think it's i think it's good to test screen at least a couple of times just so you can kind of gauge the audience's response to certain things and see if that's working or not right i think it gets a little sticky though when you know oh i didn't like the way that ended you know can you change the ending and or something or not that that happened what did happen with us but um uh some stuff you might not agree with, but you'll do it because yeah, you're always you know, going to end up getting those notes yeah, that you're exactly. just not going to you're not going to do. And there's some notes you hear, you go, I don't even know how to address that. Yeah, you just know? maybe this movie's yeah. not for you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's okay. That's exactly. fine. That's all right. That's, That's fine. Totally okay. Yeah. yeah. But when you get to see a test screening and an audience, and there's stuff that you did try in improvis- improvisation and things mm-hmm. like that, and you go, okay, here it comes. Here's the scene. Let's see what. And when you get that laughter, or you yeah. get that chuckle, or you get that response, you know. From people, and you know that oh, it, they nailed it. Right. That's that. That's when it gets. That, that's when you get a high. Yeah. That's when you realize that okay, that's working. You know. And perfect example is, I mean, our first few test screens, we had a completely different ending of the movie. Oh, really? And people complained about the ending. I mean, across the board. Both they endings. Were, no, 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 this is the first the first the first ending we did. The first I think we kept that ending for test screenings. Yeah, yeah, we 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 kept the, which was interesting because we did not write it that way. Right. This was actually when we were, yeah we, we were in the editing room and we figured oh this would be very clever yeah right and right. this would be awesome let's do this <laughs> you know and our dark motherfucking heads you yeah. know we're thinking this is brilliant right <laughs> and it was dark that was for sure I mean it's a very dark way of looking at things and but everybody hated it and we're sitting there and we're scratching our heads and this is another thing where you got to really soul search you know you really got to think well. You know, it's not working, but I like it. You know, yeah, you like yeah, it. I yeah. mean, we want we want this. We want to be rebels yeah. and yeah, say, "Well, you're talking about it. And, just, and, maybe it's uh, good that you're talking well, about." Well, and yeah, there's plenty yeah. of movies that I love yeah. that hurt me in the end. Ah, uh, totally. Yeah. And that's kind of where we were so, coming from. Yeah. In fact, it didn't even hurt us. I mean, I know me personally. I always bothered me on that ending. It really kind of. But I thought that maybe it was a good thing because it was getting this kind of emotion out of my. But see, I was yeah. thinking. The different. I was thinking as I was watching ending, I was getting depressed, and every time I was watching it, the more and with a group of people, and I know that ending was coming up, the more depressed I was getting, and then I had to examine that. I'm like, is it because it's so effective, or, or maybe it is. It's not finished yet, and yeah. maybe that was what was starting to nag yeah. at us. Is that maybe this what they're because when you show it to about four groups of people and they're all saying the same thing this is where you pull away and be objective and realize you know what something's going on here something's going on and we've already shot the original ending from the script yeah so we just said okay you know what why don't we just lay it in there let's just see yeah. and then that way maybe we'll figure out a happy medium but when that's we, funny when we because we we sat there we said we we said because we were we didn't even edit the ending together the way we actually wrote it right we wrote it and we shot it but we didn't edit it together because we figured oh this is the way it's going to end it's, yeah it, we never it, put that ending in there wow it. but then oh, wow. once we put the ending in there 
And, he and we had, thought we thought that well, we wrote it that way for a reason. Yeah. So and we, it's funny because we listen to we the had, writers. Yeah, we listen to the writers because yeah. it, you do take put on different hats. You know, you you got this one hat on was, when you're writing it. Yeah. And then you put on this other hat when you're directing it. Yeah. And so the directors of us was going on this 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 tangent that we thought we oh, don't this need is much it. better. And then the writer part of us is going, no, we wrote it like that for a reason. Yeah. And it was when we went back to the writers in us and said, well, okay, writers in us, what, why are we, what are we missing here? And I felt like a, the director that finally agreed to the writer, um, and just like, fine, I'll <laughs> yeah. put your stupid ending in, yeah. but I'm going to cut it as soon as I put it in because I know what we got might be better. And then the moment we laid it in there, we saw performances in there because it was really the first time. I know for me that I saw it since we shot it and saw the rushes. And, and remember, this is a two-year process, so I haven't seen the ending that we originally shot in about over a year. Right. So by the time I laid in there, I was watching performances um, from one of our, uh, like, our what actors. What were we thinking? Like, Whoa. What were we thinking? That's freaking hot. <laughs> and then Tony looked over at me and said, wait till I play this music. And then I played that music, and I got a lump in my throat. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was wow. so beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And we so, learned a lot by... The test screening, we realized that there are moments that it is important to listen and understand what isn't working. But then we're also recognized that sometimes this just isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. There are some notes you know, that you get. The yeah. There's some notes and there's some complaints that you get. You sit there and go, there's just no way that yeah. this is even. Well, and you guys, as creators, have already, uh, have already like subscribed to the idea that you're making a, th you're making a, a piece of work for. Uh, uh, a narrower audience than Wonder Woman by mm -hmm. leaks and bounds. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. I mean, we know that we know going in it's a niche. We know it's only going to probably grab a handful of people, but it will be a handful of people that are into this type yes. of movie. And we just want to be able to execute. Be true that to vision. those people because if you're not true to those people, you got no audience. Yeah, right. you, you got you know? no no audience. And when you can, when you're able to get to that and keep that focus then I think that's what really works. But there's a thing about when you tell your friends to give you notes. Yeah. That could be problematic. Yes. Because I, when the first screening, I did that, and I had friends that were writing more than they were looking. Right. And I think people have now gotten to this time where that's, oh, that's my job, give notes. Oh, good. And then they go in there with the glee of getting notes. I wonder how many times do we just sit there and watch and let the notes come in yeah. the midst of the storytelling. My one, I had a friend of mine, she just kept writing notes and notes, and we had an intermission. And then by the intermission, she was like, only five pages. Yeah. And it was like one of those notebooks that had a light that was in the middle of the uh, dark room, which was I so she was, she, was she was Wiggins. She was Wiggins. No, the real way the real way to do it is like when you at like after when you see a movie with someone, like when me and Grace see a movie together, mm -hmm. we either talk about it for 20 minutes afterwards on right. driving home or getting home or whatever, mm -hmm. and we'll just go on about it, you know? And it could be good or bad, and we'll do that. Yeah. Or or we get out of the theater and we go, meh, and right. then drive home <laughs> yeah, and yeah, talk, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. what's going on tomorrow. We will, yeah. 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 we will never speak of this again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we will not talk about this. <laughs> so, so kind of sitting there and trying to take note. I mean, I realize for the process, you mm -hmm. know, it could be like viewed as... But I think for for my money, I'd be much more interested in like impressions, you know. Yeah. Well, and, like yeah, what's really what yeah. glares at you that you can remember after the viewing, you know, that's still sticking in your head. Exactly, yeah. and that's yeah. what we learned in our test screenings. I think after the first few, we we decided, okay, we won't tell people at the, you know, it's yeah. it's not like we'll set them up. 
We just would invite them and say, yeah. we want you to view just the movie. Just come watch. Just watch we'll the movie. We'll chat after. Yeah, exactly. Because, because when you set it up and say, tell us what you don't like, what you do like, <laughs> well, then, okay, I'm looking for shit to but not you like know, now. You're you know? telling them that... People got time stamps written yeah. down yeah. and shit. <laughs> you're telling them there's something wrong with this. I need you to look for it. Yeah. And maybe if you didn't say anything and let them view it, then they might have viewed it. Then the notes would have became more organic. Yeah. But if I'm going in there thinking, oh, this is going to be a piece of crap. I, I got my notes. I'm yeah. ready. Oh, I didn't like how that is. And also, too, I, I also think that that people feel like the movie should be completely tailor-made for them. So sure. you, so you get contradicting notes. So it's like, well, I hated that scene. Then somebody else in the same room, no, I love that scene. Oh, that's that. cool, though. Yeah. That's, they're talking about and it. That's, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and, and it's interesting, because as a filmmaker, when you hear that, you better keep that scene. Yeah. You better keep that oh, scene yeah. because yep. it means that that scene is probably emulating some kind of emotion, whether it's good or bad. Oh, you yeah. want it, right? Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. But I tell you, when you, when you, I'll never get over the first time we screened the film after watching it a thousand times ourselves, it is like putting your baby up um, for slaughter. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is, it is, it's a horrible feeling. Especially that, that first, first test screening. That first, first test screening, screening was brutal. brutal. There's yeah. a thing in theater called a preview audience. Yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. same exact yeah. thing. Yeah. And as a director, even as an actor, it's not. This painful, but as the director, if you're sitting in the house and watching that preview oh, audience yeah. of the thing, the and last you're just going, six to eight weeks, <laughs> I've completely yeah. Yeah. turning to the person next to you and going, "That's not actually she. <laughs> <laughs> she missed a word right there. This line it, it, makes it more sense. It's more preview th- night. Yeah. <laughs> we can fix it. We can fix it. It is. It's, it's the same thing where where you're being crucified. Yeah, slowly. It's it's, yes. it's a brain heart thing where you're being torn apart piece yeah. by piece, and it and sometimes in your brain you're thinking, my God, what have I done? You know, like I, the I, last I, three I, years I of our lives. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's yeah. part of the thing that's going to get you there to the where you want to get. Yeah, you right. know? no, but you got to go through. Got to be the most the painful part, yeah. though. Yeah. It is because <laughs> no, because out of that first screening, the one person there was two people that brightened it up for me. One was our executive producer who gave us the studio because you can want to make him happy because if he comes out in intermission saying or at the end of the screening saying, so this is what. My studio for this? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, guys, you, we gotta talk because right. we need a whole nother sequence. Um, no, he was the first one in the intermission that everybody else was just saying, "Why well, you gotta have this stuff in here? Why well, you gotta have this?" And then he was like, "I like it." Yeah, and that was great. great. And then at the yeah. end of the very first screening, we wanted to bring someone that wasn't a part of the film industry because we mostly had editors that was there that were watching it, and they're going to be the most critical. And again, yeah. it's a rough cut. Um, but we wanted to bring um, um, someone that was just our average person, and she sat through the whole thing, three hours of it. And I remember she stood up when everybody was talking about, oh, this is how I would cut this, and I, I can knock out an hour. Yeah. And then she was just pretty much saying, I thought it was great. That regular person on the street was the one that stood up and said she loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it honestly, great. We, we yeah. knew we were in good hands. We yeah. knew... Okay, if that person who loves it, then all of a sudden we might have a shot. At because it. your editors and industry people, you know, they're going to be able to pick it apart no matter how good you could have made yeah. Schindler's List, and they right. would Thank pick you. it right. apart. Right. And Thank they you. did. I yeah. remember yeah. when I went to see Schindler's List with my buddies; they picked it apart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did. Where's I'm the like, black and white? It's a pretty <laughs> fucking good movie, why, you know. Why is it got to be period? Why and why? I would make it color. Yeah. Do you think you should put some color into it? <laughs> just, you know, I, and I think you know maybe that's also why, if you look at um, the way things are today, 
you got a lot of YouTubers that are reviewers because, you know, you said something that I think it's so true. We've all seen movies. We've all seen, and you don't necessarily have to go to journalism school Mm-mm. or even learn how to write to be able to be a critic. Everybody's a critic. Yeah. You know, and to my surprise. I know what I like. Yeah, exactly. People know what exactly. Like, but yeah. to my surprise, there, there's a lot of actually very good reviewers on YouTube. Oh, sure. Um, because I grew up in the Gene Cisco, Roger Ebert. You know, journalism critics. You know the ones. Oh who yeah. Went to school and wrote if it, if it four, if it had French titles, you know, French yeah. subtitles, it was brilliant every right. single yeah, time. You and know, I've learned a lot just yeah. from those guys. And so having to now know how times have changed and listening to all types of views, I understand better how the good ones compared to and even the bad ones are. There's not really a bad review. It's just. How you like it? It's like whether you liked the movie or you didn't like it. What movie. you really appreciate, yeah. though, is how uh, how um, you know very good at analyzing a film some of these reviewers can be. I mean, yeah. they they can yeah. really break it down and oh yeah, because as writers and, and directors and stuff, I mean, we're constantly you know concerned about the character development. We're constantly concerned about plot development and and hitting this. You know, at the, you know, it is. It's like music, right? It's it's you're trying to hit these notes on certain mo- and, on certain times, and if yeah. you don't. And when you get something a, off, and right? when you get a young yep. reviewer that, yeah, that, that can recognize that, 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 that. that and put out an editorial on the stuff we've been preaching, yeah. you're sitting there like, you got that right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're the only one. <laughs> and it is refreshing. Most of the time it is. nowadays, though, it's, it's, it's pointing out what wasn't working in that movie. You know, yeah. this $200 million extravaganza didn't work because they didn't follow these, you know, yeah. the, the, these certain things, you know, and then why, why was this or that, and, yeah. and why was this not uh, uh, addressed, and that kind of thing. And it's, it's a lot of what, you know, we've been, you know, trying to do with our writing. I remember when we first got into writing seriously and kind of in the oh, action genre, because we came out here, we were kind of known as the action guys. Right. And, uh, and one of the things they would always say to us is that, you know, if you took out all of the, the uh, gunplay and all of the, you know, action stuff, it's still a very good drama. Yeah. You know, or a very funny comedy or, you know, whatever we were doing at that. We were, know, in a lot of our scopes, we always made sure that supporting players had a life of their own. Yeah. And they didn't spend the time talking about the lead. Yeah. Right. That which was you all, get a lot of. Which, which we would get notes on why is that there, why don't you cut those guys? It's like, because it's real. And we, I've seen it too many times where it's like, if you're, if you're the star of the movie and you're gone and then I just say, what's Jimmy's <laughs> what, why What's making Jimmy work? Yeah, huh? yeah, why is he yeah, the way yeah. he is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell minutes. you, you know, back years ago, Jimmy was in Nam. You know? <laughs> and ever since then, he lost her. And he it was like, her, yeah. you know. I'm pro Jimmy, but I have friends that are anti Jimmy. <laughs> or, or, or you got the, and I love this, and almost every action film does it now, is the, 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 the folder scene, right? Oh yeah. They pull yeah, out yeah. the folder. <laughs> let me let me pull oh, out the yeah, folder. Yeah. Okay, he's ex Green Beret. Right, yeah. <laughs> Navy <laughs> SEAL. Yeah. You know, they go through they this whole laundry list of what he was. He was married, lost his wife. It's right. so you easy know? to do it in military yeah. movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You know, it's in like, a rom com it's worse. But no, why? Because it's a lot easier in action films to gloss over the character development. Yeah. And really character development for them is exposition. One of the things that um we used to get a lot on their scripts was they were lean. They we didn't have the the backstory or the exposition scene in there, and they used to think that the script was weak because of that. And we'll go no, 
the reason we don't have the exposition scene, one, you're, when you're, one character is explaining to another character what they've done, that's talking to the audience. Yeah. That's not how people talk. Two, you get to know your, your character through his actions and what it is he wants. And yeah. in that's an action film, that's kind of what that's, you want, That's right? what you, you want. want. But because they're used to having the opening, no opening is this, like you said, the, you get the folder scene, or you get that guy that talks about the other guy before he enters the room, and oh, well, no, the Max has been divorced, don't mention her, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You, it just it feels false. It feels like they don't really give a shit about the character. They just want to get you in there, watch them. Well, what it is is that, is that Screenwriting yeah. 101 book, right? And you see a lot of development people doing this, you know, it's like a lot of them probably, you know, are accountants or, you right. know, or something like that. And, and they got this job to be a, a development person. So what they did is they, they read their, they read the how to write a screenplay 101 yes. <laughs> and they, they got that sitting there and they're reading the scripts. Okay. They're on page 10. Does it hit this note? Okay. All right. Do yeah. I understand yeah. this about this person? And what step am I on? I'm on yeah. step number four, refusal yeah. of yeah. the call to yeah. duty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and, and, and it's great for analytics. You know, analytically, it, it, it looks like it should fit. It yeah. looks like it should be a good script, you know, but there's just no heart in there. There's no passion. And no, you, you have to have that, a crazy you know. artist going gonzo once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> in I, order to make yeah. it art. Yeah. And, yeah. I think, and I think, yeah, you could still fall into those. But, and I think, you know, what Greg said about a lot of our scripts, you know, in, in this good or bad, you know, if you want to say, you know, that's one of the reasons why we don't You're have... You're pretentious. Yeah, we only have... We used like to hear a, this a lot even when yeah. we were shooting yeah. um, Noir, which is, yeah. who you guys think you are, Christopher Nolan? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not a bad one to strive for, right? Yeah, you know? sure. I mean, but I it, mean, is, it, it has become a negative to try to strive to make art, especially yeah. in movies. You are classified pretentious. Or, yeah. oh... Oh, and because I think a lot of the flagback is how dare you be over two and a half hours? Who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a certain kind of like, really? Yeah. Your story's worth that. Well, they don't know the rules, though. People who say that, they don't know the real rules of art, which is like, you to a, to a great extent, you have to let your project dictate its own Life. Parameters, yeah. length, you know. Yeah. How well, you know, once again, we, we speak a lot about length, and I really don't know how long this movie is going to be once we get the final cut done. I mean, it could very well be two hours. I doubt that, but, it, it, you know, it won't be three. I know that for a fact. It won't be three hours. But, I mean, um, but, yeah, you're right. It, it's whatever. I don't but if it was, but if it was three it. hours, it would be the baddest three hours you will exactly. ever Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, necessarily, cool, I don't necessarily start to worry about or be affected by or start feeling like yeah. anything about length of a film until it's pretty far past the three-hour mark, you know? Like, yeah. if you basically, if you want to get up to three hours, you know, like, you, know, you got me. Yeah. I'll hang. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> it, it, but even again, if it's bad or if it's not my not my thing or whatever, like y y I'll give you the three. But you know? my, my if you get up around three forty-five yeah. and like nothing's yeah. happened, yeah. and I'm like, uh, <laughs> then then. Okay. Uh, but my right. thought, <laughs> but my thought is that you want. I I like events. I yeah. like th when I go see a movie uh, that I really enjoy. I think it should be more of an event kind of thing, and it, try to give some you know people something a little special, Absolutely. you know, something a little unique outside of the box. Uh, I, I can guarantee and the only you this. way to get there the yeah. only way to get there is to stand by your stuff that you really love that maybe you know yeah. that, that 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 has a potential not to work for yeah. everyone and I yeah. can guarantee you this you've not seen anything like noir I mean seriously you have not seen anything like it especially yeah. in the recent years so 
that an original. I can be proud of, and 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 I I look forward to you know seeing what people and like you know like you guys know not everybody's gonna love it. Yeah, and I'm I've kind of just like accepted the fact that not everybody's gonna love no, it. No, no, most people won't, but. The ones who do love it will really love it. Yeah, and I and I think that's what that's all we need. I think we just and I think it's just important that we love it. I also think that that's good marketing. You know, I mean to to roll the dice and try and make something that is had has such broad appeal that you know that it's going to be a giant success or whatever like that. You know, um, if we could just call. Uh, you know, uh, noir Harry Potter, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it's, got, it's already got a following of a billion. You could people, just call right? it Harry Potter Eight, then you know we'd be we'd be in. But you know, Absolutely. but it's not. You know, we're not going to deliver to that audience, and they're not going to come to us. Right. You know, neither exactly. the yeah. neither not neither the Twain will meet on that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like make the make the thing like i said before for yeah. those people that are like you you know mm-hmm. who will get your sense of humor who will mm-hmm. you know there's no no better example of that than stand up you know stand ups yeah. are like oh yeah I, they have to just tell jokes that you know and you can tell they tell jokes that make them laugh exactly yeah. you know and when someone's doing a foxworthy thing and they're doing you right. know you might be a redneck you can tell what's going on. Right. Yeah, you yeah, are right. pandering, sir. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you, sir? Yes. It's what? fine. You're yeah. making a keen yeah. buck yeah. doing it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fine with me, but right. that's what it is. Right. That's mm-hmm. your entertainment, and this over here is a different brand of entertainment. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just all in execution, and I, I do think that if you have a, a particular vision and you, and you know how to execute it, and, and the nice thing about what we do is we're always learning. We're always working on a craft always always trying to be better like every like actors do yeah you're always wanting to be better i i, I think there's no easy way of just coming out and going i'm great or I'm whatever but if you have the balls to just put out something that you if if if, if it's three hours long it's three hours long and i will tell you it's going to be probably the best three hours the, of your life, or maybe it'll be the worst. Yeah. But you will talk about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> talk about this movie. You will not walk out of there not talking about this movie. And I'd rather go out that way. I'd rather, I'd rather fail forward yeah. than be playing it safe. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, uh, we've been here nearly four hours. <laughs> oh, shit, seriously? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have um, a miniseries. Yeah, I, I want to... Everything we do is fucking long. Well, this Not has been a long there. time in the making, and mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I do want to give you guys an opportunity to get out of here and eat some food and get back to your life and everything, but I mean, this has been amazing, just just going at it and um, and talking... Film, you know, hey, we um, gave you like four episodes right there. Yeah, pretty much. Like part one, part two. <laughs> <laughs> there you we'll go. we'll do it in we'll do it in a couple parts and uh, do a test I think screening. Are, yeah, yeah. I'll send it out to a few, to a test right. audience yeah. and I'll let them give me notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing we've learned in this conversation is that uh, is that all notes are good. 
and include all the notes that you get. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely change your product for anyone who complains about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, there, is there anything else uh, that you're working on that you want to just kind of get out there to the 13 people who listen to my show? <laughs> yeah. Um, if people get an opportunity, uh, I, I'm, I work on a blog called The Watchcat Files. Nice. It's online. You can go to Facebook and go to Watchcat on Facebook. And it's kind of an, just really quick and simple. It's a story that I worked with an um, um, uh, animator friend of mine, Jim Richardson, on an animated crime-fighting cat. And um, It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a wonderful show. So yeah. we, um, we, worked on some, um, um, we worked on some videos, some animation that's already out. We got two more that's coming out. Um, hopefully we can get them out by um, Halloween and then Christmas. But mostly, um, just take a look at the blog and... Um, you know, if you like us, give us a like. and um, we'll We also have a uh, documentary uh, called uh, 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 Tough Ain't Enough, the story about Albert S. Ruddy, the producer of The Godfather and Million Dollar Baby. We did a documentary on him. I oh, do not know yeah. about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. it's, it's, I'm watching this. You will. You will. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we'll send you the link and let you check it out. So, oh, we, so this is to this be is released. Done. This is done, yeah. Yeah, this well, we're, we're, we're going to get into either Netflix or Amazon. It's going to be one yeah. or the other. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so one, one more time with the name. Uh, it's called Tough Ain't Enough. Tough Ain't Enough, coming uh, to streaming near you. Yeah, a conversation. That is awesome. I'm excited Albert about S. that. Ruddy. Yeah, yeah. Albert and S. check Ruddy out great hair. And check out um, and check out Watch Cat. Uh, I've seen uh, the episodes they've posted so far, and uh, more coming down the pike. It's um, really fun. A just really short little Batman esque uh, yeah. character, and the adventures are fun and they're funny. And absolutely, and it has kind of a noir ass to it as well. Absolutely, and it's so, the city at night. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a city. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and the only thing um, is that we're still in deep post production with noir. So any of the thirteen people listening, please go to our noir of the film. Um, Facebook page like as us. well as our um, Instagram. Like us, follow us. Yeah, do what I did. Go, uh, check out the Facebook page first. Once you see all the materials, the the stills, the trailer, uh, you'll be absolutely in. Um, you know, Jimmy's in it. He's like literally the star. Yeah, and even though Just I'm don't in tell it, Andy pl- that. even though I'm <laughs> in it, please watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the rest of the movie is excellent. Okay, and my part's very short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how much you're in that movie. You're yeah, in the whole movie. I got mm-hmm. an honest to goodness storyline. <laughs> I don't even know how you did it. You huh? just I just did kept it. pushing the button on the camera and then going and <laughs> doing stuff. <laughs> Lee's like, don't push the button. You're 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 taking up all my card space. I'm like, I got an idea. And I just yeah, I found out that we were his first feature film when he moved oh, when he came great. out to LA. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I feel honored to bust your cherry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor uh, to have it busted by you gentlemen. Uh. Uh, <laughs> and and by the way, uh, thank you um, for uh, being the first dudes on my show. This oh, this really? show has been I've done two solo shows. Mm-hmm. I've done and by the way, I used to do a podcast back up north. Um, it was called Nobody's Listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we, we had a lot of fun. We did kind of a little more parody, sort of a like, um, I'm thinking like a comedy bang bang type of thing. Nice. Right. And um, so that's what we did up there. Uh, and I always wanted to continue it down here, but I've ran into and met. Um, so many just interesting, you know, uh, professionals that are in the industry down here and have so much to talk about. 
Um, and everybody's just working on stuff constantly, you know, like the new, I feel like the new, uh, direction that, uh, everybody's going is self-publish content, create totally, you know, uh, and I couldn't be more for it. Um, you know, and, uh, Netflix and Amazon are cashing in on it, but also we get to make the stuff we want, Absolutely, which is, you know, it's a new world. And, uh, I'm so glad to have been introduced to it, to you guys and, uh, by you guys and, um, and to be a part of it. And your show is, um, really good because like I said, I actually listened to two whole episodes. <laughs> That's right. I, I heard the one with you and Grace. Oh, cool. And that was great. And Grace is, 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 is funny as hell. Oh, she's a fireball. You guys work so well. <laughs> um, and then mostly she just says, "Okay, let me let me speak." Yeah, now, Jimmy. she puts yeah. her hand over my mouth. Yeah, and starts she just talking. takes over, yes. and it's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then um, no, but I also like I like what you're doing, and I like the idea of you talking about hey about working actors and actors trying to get in, not just actors but artists and trying to get into a very tough business, um, and that you're but you've got to be a little special, crazy. Yes. You know, because I heard one of the things you said. Otherwise, you're not going to find the drive, honestly. No, you're you I really mean, not. if you're a sensible person, yeah. and I mean this in seriousness. Like, if you're oh, a sensible yeah. person, you'd be a lawyer or a doctor or exactly. whatever, you yeah. know, or accountant. Exactly. Well, I think and, God bless you. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, no, I wish I, so. I wish I had that yeah. means. Oh, I wish yeah. I could do that, but <laughs> well, no. I don't but have any But if you're honest with yourself, you don't. Yeah. I mean, but no, no. You, I, didn't, I think <laughs> you told somebody that, look, if if you have this voice in your head that says, do this, do this, unless you're married and have kids, and then just be responsible and be a good dad and a good family guy and make it a hobby then, but don't give all your all to it. Well, you got to be true to yourself, I think. You know, whatever you do, uh, and especially in this business, you know, I mean, the only thing that's going to set you apart is to be kind of do your own thing. I mean, I think if you try to do what everybody else is doing, it's not going to work. Have your own voice. Yeah, Yeah, your own voice, yeah. Same rules for rock bands. <laughs> <laughs> We're our Led Zeppelins, you know? Face it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, and uh, I'll be bugging you to come back in, you know, either one-on-one and we'll go into more stuff or we'll come in and do a, a nice uh, three-way sausage fest once again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, uh, it has been uh, a blast. And, right. uh, and thanks for coming in. We will get paid for this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Same, right. Uh, same, uh, same rate as usual. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Thank absolutely. You. That's yeah. great. Your usual rate. I All right, everybody. Uh, remember to follow. Uh, rem- uh, remember to follow us on Facebook. Uh, Noir the film on Facebook. Um, follow the podcast on Patreon and on um, and on uh, uh, Facebook. Follow Watchcat and uh, follow Watchcat. Um, check out the Watchcat blog and the animations. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, keep in touch. Uh, send me any suggestions that you uh, might have for the show. I'm always happy to take those uh, for guests or uh, for ideas or whatever whatever you think is cool. I know this has been a little different than our usual format, uh, and we went a little long, but I, I just was so stoked to uh, to get these guys in the studio and um, to have this great conversation with them. I know you'll enjoy it. Um, and I will see you next time on LAAF. Thank you so much. Now I know I should be late. I believe that we will see. Tomorrow is the day for you and me. Yeah. Oh.
bowl of the wood. Chewing tobacco, bowl of the wood. Chewing tobacco, bowl of the wood. It's a fact, sir. Lousy filler can't be beat. Rich and mild. Chewing tobacco. Man, it's good chewing tobacco. Bowl of the wood. Chewing tobacco. Smooth and tasty chewing treat. 